Blog Talk Radio. You're mad at 
said anything to you He's always on time He's a way baby He's never late It doesn't matter
that is a very wise person. So I want to thank you again for doing just that. And speaking of those that are trying to follow the Father, uh, stumbling and getting up and, and running fast and and not running at all and walking, and some of y'all are crawling. Even. I just want to thank you for being in the race. Thank you for being in the race. And what race is that? The race towards perfection. Even though we're far from it, many of us, None of all of us really probably can say we're nowhere near it, but some of us are doing better than others, and uh, some of us are not doing as good as others. So I just want to thank you for being in the race, though, seeking the Father's heart, seeking the Father's will, listening, listening, listening to blogs like this, uh, other teachings and, and the scriptures and, and audio Bible and audio, just whatever you're doing to try to understand life a little bit better not be as materialistic as some of our uh, brothers and sisters are doing on this earth, but to be spiritual, to seek to be spiritual. Because as you know, the Father said, He is a spirit. And Yah of Israel went on to say, those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. And again, we're talking about Yahweh, the Creator. And then He um, as many of you know, the most popular story ever told, he sent his son to make it possible for us to be uh, able to, 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 to please him and by putting us in the son, hiding us in the son through his blood and the sacrifice. Many of you know about that. He says, this is Salvation 101. So now we share in his righteousness. We are now part of Christ, you know, the body of Christ, many say. So tonight, Brother Seth, like I said, I'm not 100%, but I do have guests that's going to be coming on. Brother John Clark, who has part of been, been a part of the series, it's not going to be coming tonight. But Brother LSU will be coming a little later on, as well as Sister Eliana. So again, John Clark will not be attending. He will be probably listening, but not in attendance as far as uh, co-hosts or a guest. LSU will be on. Uh, many of you know who he is, Brother LSU. Israel Ellison, he'll be on, as well as Sister Eliana Batya in a little bit. So, um, again, uh, tonight we are firing away at end time, end time prophecy. And tonight's show is titled End Time Prophecy Topics, which means we're going to be, it's kind of like an open forum. We're going to just talk about end time, but various topics, and we don't have a certain topic on the table tonight. In other words, it's open forum, which means if you have topics on your mind about open, open excuse me, about end time, and you do, uh, you definitely have cons- cons- some concerns or, uh, or, or, like I say, some of your mind a question. This will be the time to call tonight. Tonight, um, so we want to definitely hear from the uh, family, uh, human family tonight, especially Israelites especially you Israelites scattered throughout the four corners in the diaspora. We want to hear from our people tonight, but we want to hear from all people tonight, anyone with questions or comments about end-time prophecies. But tonight, the guests that do come on uh, will be sharing uh, whatever is on their heart. So, again, it's open. It's open. Whatever guests we're going to have on tonight is going to be whatever is on their heart. Uh, so... Uh, that same rule applies to the listeners, the callers, um, or those listening by Internet. If you 
If you listen by that, you can type your question in the chat room, and I'll be looking at the chat room, and we'll try to get the questions that way. Just remember, put a question, put question marks before and after your question. If you're in the chat room, you have a question about end time prophecy. I will be monitoring the chat room tonight. So, again, uh, those been following this show. This network since 2011. I want to thank you so much for doing just that. Many of you have not missed too many shows. For a little, little music in the background here. Y'all know how I like it. But many of you, you have not missed too many shows. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you very much. I mean it from the bottom of my heart, as well as those family members of the Douglas. Kennedy family and friends of the family. I just want to thank y'all for tuning in in various 15 states here and there. So I'm about some states have more listeners than others, but just want to thank my family, my bloodline family for tuning in and checking out your cousin over here at Five Smooth Stone. So folks, uh, again, um, Brother John, I'm going to be with us, so uh, just know that he's the only one I know that's not going to be there, but Sister Eliana will be in the house, from what I understand, as well as Brother LSU. Actually, well, we'll just we'll just see. These people are very busy, folks, and so I just, I'm shocked they're able to be on every show like they are, because they got so much going on. So, we'll see, and whoever comes, it will be a blessing, I guarantee you that, because the Father is saying so much, so much, that we cannot get in our society, be it our churches. I want to pick on the churches. It's not just the churches or in our institutions. Any of our institutions of learning, there is not the type of conversation going on that you will hear on Five Smooth Stones, and that's why we do what we do. So, again, uh, uh, I'm going to do as I've been doing every week and read the show's description. So this is what I sent to many of you via text or email or something. I've gotten this out all kind of ways. I sent this to many of you, and it says this. End time prophecy topics. Again, it's like an open forum format tonight. And I went on to say, human family, call in with your end time prophecy questions. Tuesday, July 17, 2018, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hear from the people. And that's, that is truly what we're hoping will happen tonight. I went on to say, in this end-time prophetic series, we discuss topics from a Hebrew-Israelite perspective, such as New World Order, Vatican Secrets, Population Control, Eugenics, Financial Slavery, Luciferian Thought in Society, we covered that last week. Vaccinations for genocide, Mark of the Beast, Mystery Babylon. May hit that a little bit tonight. I think Brother Ellis sure had that in the spirit. We'll see. Social media zombies or social media servants. A lot of addictions to social media. Also, social media surveillance. Raps, deviant culture, white supremacy, beasts, the beasts in Revelation. Who are they? What are they? Of course, they're nations. We talk about the beast in the book of Revelation. I went on to say real Jews slash Israelites scattered globally, now resurrected with the remnant being used mightily. We've discussed it in previous shows. The gay agenda, the rapture, 
the thousand-year reign of Christ, spiritual warfare in high places, New Jerusalem, Armageddon, and many more topics just like this. So that's what I sent to many of you, and uh, that is what's happening tonight. One of those topics, peace here, peace there, will be discussed because truly, family and friends, we have got to know what the Father is doing in the end of time. And we say the end of time, I don't believe the earth is about to stop existing or anything. I don't believe that's what that means by end of time. But this is the end of America's rule for sure. So for America, it would be the end of time. But while America is falling, other nations are rising. I don't believe this is the end like the earth is going to cease to exist. I don't believe that. I don't believe that the Messiah is coming anytime soon based upon what is happening in our world. The Bible talks about certain things that was that is supposed to happen in the nation, in the land of Israel. Well, if Israel don't even know who they are yet, how are you going to even be talking about end times? People say, well, there's wars and rumors of war. There's always been wars. People have always said that there's always rumors of wars. There's wars now. Now is the time Christ is coming. Really read your Bible. Really read your Bible and understand what exactly is being said there. I do not believe that Israel has become a nation. I do not believe that the true Jews are in Israel, and they are a type of time clock as to when this millennial reign will start. Now, there's a lot of arguments about Christ not coming in the clouds like a lot of traditional people think, that it's more of a spiritual thing. I won't get into that tonight. But know this, either way, it's not time. So tonight, we're going to try to, from uh, what the Father has shown us over the years, talk about real prophecy, real end-time events, real movers and shakers in the Scriptures. That is what is going to be happening tonight. Again, my guests are running late, uh, and so I'll just share what the Father's put in my heart. Y'all know I can talk, what is it, 360 shows, so I, I'm not short of breath. Of course, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to say this uh, about uh, what I just read, folks. Again, uh, there's a lot of people out here talking about end-time prophecy topics. And I don't want to make it like we are the only authority, the authority on this topic, like we know it all. We don't know it all. But i tell you one thing. When you have the Holy Spirit, you can't be discarded. You can't be – it's like what Apostle Paul said. He was talking about marriage, and he was talking about he would rather that people be more like him. In other words, single. Um, and he went on to say uh, – um, Y'all bear with me, I'm trying to do three things here one time. But the apostle was talking about something in the scriptures. And he was saying uh, this, that, and the other. But he said, remember, I do have the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's other schools of thoughts out there, but, but also remember what I'm telling you because I, too, have the Holy Spirit. And that's kind of what I'm saying tonight. I'm saying we have the Holy Spirit, folks. Y'all heard Sister Eliana. Y'all know she ain't no joke. You know that. You've heard Brother Ella Schultz. Uh, you've heard John Clark. You've heard myself over the years, many of you. Y'all know we are brothers and sisters, uh, and sisters that love, and sisters have been on, so we can say brothers and sisters that come on this network, that truly love the Most High. We don't want to mislead anybody. We don't want to misguide anybody. But you know what I, what I wonder, family? Why is this church 
so quiet about what the Father is doing in these latter days, and that's what they're there for, to talk about what the Father is doing. Why are they so quiet about a lot of issues affecting African Americans? You know, why, why is 40 million people ignored the pains they go through? Not that we don't want people in America, because I know all people have pains and issues that need attention, and they are getting it in this country. But I'm talking about a people that whose who's condition, whose who's state of being is kind of ignored, and they're left suffering, needing knowledge, needing information, needing, of course, money and, and, and infrastructure and all those things. But I'm talking about spiritually speaking right now. So many things we go through as a people, and we just on our own seem like the church has seemingly abandoned us. You can't talk about racism in these churches. You can't ask hard questions of why we go through so many things, why we're at the bottom of every single aspect of life. You know, you wonder, what is going on? So when you start digging into who we are and why we are, then people start saying you're into the flesh and you should you should acknowledge more about who you are in the spirit. But at the same time, everybody needs to know who they are in the spirit. But why do we have it harder than them? That's what I'm talking about. Of course, who we are in the spirit is far more important than who, are in the, who we are in the flesh. I understand what they're saying. But why is it we have it so much harder? There's got to be a reason for that. So when you ask these kinds of questions, you know what happened. Because you've asked, I'm sure, some of you. The kind of people listen to this network, yes, you've asked these kinds of questions to your ministers. And what do they say to you? They blow you off. You often, if you keep doing, you keep asking, you be labeled a troublemaker. And if you find yourself, like I have, outside of the church, people look at you like something wrong with you. And you're just simply trying to understand Scripture. Well, that's why the Father moved on me in 2011 to start this thing called Five Smooth Stone, trying to just simply not, again, not be a know-it-all, but to ask some of these hard questions, some of these questions that you cannot hear in your institutions of higher learning, starting out with the church. And that's what we're doing tonight. So, again, I'm Brother Seth. Many of you are still coming in. I'm Brother Seth. And uh, I am the visionary for Five Smooth Stones. I don't say it often, but some of y'all need to know that because you don't know it. And uh, 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 tonight is open forum. So I want to go ahead and start off talking about something that's been dear to me since we're talking about end time, end time. What is the Father doing in this end time? What's going on, Brother Seth? What's happening? You know, we used to have a show called One World, uh, One World, how, how, uh, One World. Well, a show on Thursday nights dealing with the one world government. And I had to cancel that show because there was so much happening, so much coming so fast. It depressed me. And I know it depressed a lot of listeners because it depressed me for sure. And, I mean, people was calling in. It was kind of looking at it like a show to call and kind of tell whatever it is you, you know uh, that's almost a secret that nobody else know about the about what really is going on. And we would get people calling that had some things that they experienced that was real. They had they had proof. They had good sources. What no conspiracy theory type of uh, 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 meeting. We was really getting into the scriptures and to some of the higher not things to learn. And folks, I'm telling y'all, it was it got so bad. I was beginning to hear things that it was just simply crazy. Uh, uh, what our people are going through 
the oppression of, of melanated people all over the world. And then I began to see an even, even higher evil when I began to see that it wasn't whites. See, I thought for a long time white people was our problem. And I realized Satan is, is doesn't care for white skin or black skin. He know who we are. He know all that is a social construct of man. He is up to something far more deeper than black and white. And I begin to see how the planet is oppressed by this entity, by 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 certain wicked knowledge that have been that have been that have been released in the earth. And I begin to see and people begin to call in with strong I couldn't handle it. So I stopped doing blogs for about a year. Those of you that wanted to know why I stopped for 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 that little season I did, that was why. So I'm trying to come at it a, a different way now. Uh, we will talk about end time events again still, um, but we are not going to just make it gloomy to where there's no hope. This will be bathed soaked, uh in hope. If it's not about what the Most High is doing while these wicked people are trying to do what they're doing, I don't think we need to talk about it. I don't think we need to have a show where we just simply talk about what the enemy is doing. It's overwhelming. It's too much. I don't think us more mortal humans can handle that. So that's what your brother's up to tonight, and uh, that's what I've been up to now for uh, ever since we've been back on the air with Five Soul Stones. So just know that, and uh, I just want to start off with something that's been dear to my heart dear to my heart, something that's really been on me heavily. I talked with a friend of mine, and uh, he was talking about the church, the church, and he kind of, I almost got him to, yeah, well, he did say that he just don't believe in going to church at all now. For for our, for just his privacy, I won't say who he is, but this gentleman, very knowledgeable in the scriptures, and uh, very knowledgeable in the scripture. And he was telling me he just do not believe in attending traditional churches anymore. Now, we're talking about end-time prophecy, end-time prophecy, topics centered around end-time. What is the Father doing in this end-time? What is going on right now? What is going on that's affecting you, the listener, right now that's going to touch your house, your neighborhood, your children? And I'm talking about great things, not necessarily gloomy things. But gloomy things, we have to tell you, is going to be around you, but they don't have to come near your dwelling if you are one of those houses with the blood on the post, on the doorpost. What do I mean by blood on the doorpost? Your heart has been circumcised. You're following the Most High. You're seeking Him truly, 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 truly from your heart. Don't mean you have to be perfect, but you definitely have to be led of the Spirit because the Spirit. I'm, I'm beginning to think, folks, it's going to get so tight after a while that if you don't follow the Spirit, many people are just going to die. It's going to cost you your life some days not walking the Spirit. That's how tight I think it's about to get. But let me show you what I mean by what this brother was sharing. He believes that the church as we know it is outdated he believed that the way the church is structured right now is outdated when I say outdated a lot of what we call going to church now you know that we are the church it's impossible to go to church but what I should say when we assemble ourselves all of the traditions that center around when we assemble in these buildings he believes is outdated 
He thinks that we should, number one, be meeting on the Shabbat on the Sabbath. Number two, we should be accountable to each other. I mean, you're really, really accountable to each other. Folks asking you, how is your marriage? Well, he didn't go this far, actually. I'm, I'm mixing it in with someone else I talked to. I talked to my wife about this, and she's big on accountability. And I think she is absolutely right. Oh, my wife, Arlene, by the way, today is our anniversary, our 25th anniversary. And so um, happy anniversary to us. We've been going, We've been through a lot. A lot of blessings, a lot, a lot of blessings, a lot of learning, a lot of falling down, a lot of getting up. So, again, uh, so congratulations to us having been married 25 years. Today is our wedding anniversary. We'll celebrate tomorrow, though. Uh, uh, Anyway, just wanted to say uh, this brother had something very powerful, very powerful. And at first I didn't quite agree with him because I love the, the church the assembling of ourselves. I love what I see on Sundays because I was born and, and born. I come up in that. I learned so many things about life in that. And I just, I'm not one to attack people that attend service on Sunday. Now, while he was talking about having services on Saturday, I personally don't think it's that big of a deal. The father talks about when he t- even when he talks about keeping the Sabbath, there's a whole other teaching on that. That's a whole other conversation. I'm not getting into that right now. But he talks about resting on Saturday. And a lot of you feel like you need to be having services on Saturday. I don't know that services on Saturday is, is, is satisfying the law requirements to rest. It's just that Israel did do services on Saturday as well. They did worship on on Saturday as well, but it didn't say you got to worship on Saturday. It just say, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It don't mean you can't be have service on Sunday. It just means on Saturday, make sure it's holy and that you are resting. That's what the old our ancestors lived under. And again, many of them did worship on that day, and then on Sunday they started their jobs and whatever. But some kind of way, people think that. Because they're resting, that's the only time you can have service, and they make that. And I, I disagree with that. I think you need to, if you want to, if you want to get technical with it, it says rest. You know, rest. And I know, I know about the feast days and what they do on the feast days, and I understand all of that. But anyway, make the long story short. That's really not what I want to get into tonight. We are going to discuss that for sure in details. Believe me, because there's another brother, brother Patrick, has been uh, AKA brother Malachi. Man, you, you know him on the uh, Facebook. He and I've been talking about having a show. We really is going to talk about uh, being led of the Holy Spirit and whether or not if you're led of the Holy Spirit, or does that mean? You know, what laws will you be keeping and keeping the Old Testament law versus New Testament law? What do you keep? You know, we're going to get more into law versus grace. All of that is really law versus grace. We're going to get into that probably next week or the following week. We'll, we'll just see how we do tonight. But this brother really put some on my mind. I haven't been able to get it off my mind. So tonight I want to hit a little bit about that. Since if, if this is where the church is going with these young people coming up behind us, older people, if this is how the new church is going to look, that it's going to now start worshiping on Saturday. I just want to talk about how this very well could be a reality. This just could be where we're going because a lot of young people do not attend churches, folks. They just don't. They absolutely do not attend these churches. 
<laughs> we better recognize that. And something has got to be done about that. You can ignore them all you want to, make fun of them, talk about them. But they ain't coming to these churches right now. So if you have a, a, a traditional church building, and I mean, I mean, I mean, even those that are, that worship on Saturday, you know, I, I'm telling you, this brother I was talking to was saying he is not down with this Catholicism and how they have creeped into how we assemble ourselves when we come together, even on the Shabbat, because we still are practicing certain uh, Greco-Roman type. And, and, and uh, uh, we may get into this a little deeper as the show progresses. Actually, it was Brother Elishua who had to was saying these things. And so uh, we may get into that a little later on. I think he, I know he don't mind me throwing his name out there, but he was concerned. He he no longer really believes in the church as it as it is today, as it's set up today. Uh, the assembling, the way we assemble, all of the the, the, the traditions, all of the the, the 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 doctrinal some a lot of the doctrine uh, we teach a lot of it. This brother has trouble with it. So do I. We we share on the doctrine part. But I mean, he's he's to a point where he don't agree with no churches. I mean, he don't think he think we should come out of all of them and just start worshiping in our houses, getting um, t- returning back to the way they worship in the Old Testament. You know, house by house, and in the New Testament too. Uh, excuse me, I meant to say in the New Testament, in the Book of Acts, house by house. But they did also meet in buildings, and this is what I was trying to tell him. But he 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 also was sharing very, very, and he was very correct about how that uh, a lot of us that's meeting in these buildings, we're, not, we're doing nothing more than carrying out Greco-Roman uh, philosophy and practices that that is taking us away from the Father. So I, I will maybe wait till the brother come on and hit that a little harder. Hit that a little harder. So tonight I do want to talk about this, uh, uh, the new church, the, this this new look. I want to talk about what I perceive and what I feel the my spirit. And when he comes on, maybe we'll get more insight on what he's seeing. But I do see a big change as well in the church because, folks, it's, it is outdated. I'm just sorry. When I say outdated, let me explain what I mean. When you go into a church and they're, they are talking about... Uh, 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 when I say, let me let me be a backup here. I think I'm moving too fast. I'm moving too fast. Let me just slow down, slow down, slow down. Again, folks, you listen to the uh, Five Simple Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth, and uh, Brother Elishua is going to be coming on a little later on. And Sister Eliana, they're running late. Uh, Sister Eliana, we'll see if she even comes. I know Brother John absolutely could not come tonight. He's in LA, as y'all heard it say last week. But Sister Eliana, we'll see. Okay. But listen, here's what's here's. Um, I want to just slow it down and just kind of take this just a little bit slower, okay? Tonight we're talking about end-time prophecy. And I mentioned, for those of you that just came in, I already talked about some of the things we talk about, population control, eugenics, financial slavery, Luciferian thought in society, vaccinations for genocide, mark of the beast, new world order, um, Vatican secrets, um, white supremacy, the beast in Revelation, real Jews scattered, uh, real, real Jews, a remnant of them used mightily in this latter day, the gay agenda, the rapture, thousand-year reign of Christ, spiritual warfare in high places, New Jerusalem, Armageddon, and many more. Well, along those topics, the church is in that. 
And I just want to talk a little bit about this. What's been on my heart today heavily after talking with that brother is this new look of the church. I've always had this in my head, but after talking with him, I just brought it kind of from the back of my thoughts to the forefront because he put some touches on it that I thought was very, very uh, worth talking about tonight. So, brothers and sisters, those of us that are in Christ, we understand that we are the church, that it's not a building, and we are seeing something happen before our eyes that is just shocking, and that is, that is the retransformation of the church, the, the transformation before our eyes, meaning young, so-called African-Americans, they're nothing more than Israelites, but so-called African-Americans not attending these churches. Now, I know there are exceptions to the rule. There's some there. But compared to the millions of young people that we have, those that's in the church is, is a very small. People are not going to churches. Then at the same time, there's this army, army, large army of youth turning to Egyptology, and then a lot of them are turned to Hebrewism, Hebrew Israelite, they're claiming to be a Hebrew Israelite. Now, they are a younger generation. They're not taught like we are, a lot of us older people, and they're misbehaving with this beautiful, powerful revelation that I believe the Father has released in the earth for such a time as this. They are absolutely right as to who we are, and they're irrefutable. You as a we, nobody can prove what they and I have been saying for over 25 years to be wrong. We are truly Israel. So what these people are, are finding themselves doing because when they take this information to their churches, they're rebuked and, and, and treated like they are, are a problem or they have the wrong spirit. They are finding themselves meeting on the Shabbat in houses, in groups. And because they don't have that touch of the fivefold ministry, the apostle, teacher, evangelist, they are misfiring. A lot of them are preaching hate, thinking that the Bible is advocating hating the white man. Some of them have a very good heart. Listen to me, people. Some of these folks have a very good heart. They really, really, really think that's what the scripture is saying. Some of them are deceived, but some of them know better. So what's happening is these people are needing to be they need mature, seasoned saints. And this is what I want to talk about tonight. We have a question. I'm coming to you, Erica, 817350. But let me get this thought completed and I'll come to you. I wanted to share tonight the new look of the church. I personally don't have as much issues as the brother I was talking to earlier who feel like, all of these buildings need to be just forsaken. You know, we just need to come out of all of them. Now, he may come on later on and say that's not what I said, but I'm pretty sure he's going to say it because I kept asking him, are you saying this? And he's saying yes, because me and his brother went to service many, many times, thousands of times together. Well, he feels like now these, this assembly, the way we assembly, is wrong. He feels like this is wrong. The teachings, a lot of it, not all of it, he, of course, acknowledges Yeshua. He called him Yahweh Shah. Some, some people pronounce that same Hebrew word, Yeshua. Some people pronounce that same Hebrew word, 
Yeshaya, uh, just various ways you hear them try to pronounce the same word. Some of y'all say Jesus, which is the English translation of that. Okay? But he believes in the Messiah. So we're not talking about no antichrist person. Y'all heard the brother on. He's been brilliant on these shows. So I'm, I'm just bringing this up to say there is coming a new look. I said that on this show prior to me talking to him. But I'm bringing it up to the forefront now because it's been heavy on my heart to talk about it. I think it's the spirit. Folks, the church is getting ready to change. It's going to be a new look. So uh, we'll talk about that more in a minute because I've got a lot to say on that. But I want to go to the phone line see what our brother, I think I know who this is. But let's see. Eric code 817350. Is this Brother Patrick? Yes, yes. Shalom, shalom, Brother Patrick, a.k.a. Malachi. Hey, Brother Malachi, a.k.a. Brother Patrick. What's going on, brother? What's on your mind tonight? And this brother's called for Forward Texas. Everybody that calls, of course, you know this, Brother Patrick, but anyone that's now on that call, give me your city and name, please. I didn't tell him that, but everybody else, give me your city and name. It's very important. Go ahead, Brother Patrick. What's on your mind tonight? I know you got something strong. And, and hold on, hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because I, I know you're not going to do this, so let me tell everybody who you are. This brother is a very humble brother, he is not going to do this on horn, so I just want everybody to know. I like to acknowledge people that work hard in the vineyard, uh, because there's not many. That's why Christ said, pray to the Father, he sent more people to the vineyard, because there's not a lot of Brother Patrick's out there. So, Brother Patrick is one of those that goes in our neighborhoods with the bullhorn. I do mean a bullhorn with a regular big speaker in his hand. And he goes out there, and you hear a lot of love in what he's doing. He's encouraging our people to return to their roots, who they are. He tells them who they are. He tells them why we're in the situation. And then the brother also is a pastor. So a lot of these people, when they come off those streets, they come into his his church. Uh, I can't say a lot of them because his church is not that big, but he is, is definitely growing. And he's out there in the parts of the community that a lot of us, not me, of course, I was raised in this, but a lot of y'all are scared to go. So just want to let everybody know this brother is really one of those brothers that's been out there for our people. Just have to say that because there's not that many of them, and I want him to know that. But go ahead, brother. What is on your heart? Oh, I just want to just uh, commend you on the uh, the good topic that you're bringing up um, about the uh, – uh, end time prophecy and the uh, uh, new look of the uh, body of Yahweh Shai, whom the world knows is Jesus. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to say that I think it's a good idea that, as you were saying already, that that when we talk about end time prophecies, that we uh, that we don't fail to remind people that that the end time prophecy is actually. Uh, uh, something that has to happen in order for us to uh, win and in order for the coming kingdom of Yahawashah or the coming kingdom of Christ to come in and to bring in a better kingdom of, of righteousness and peace and justice. The gloomy part of it, quote unquote, gloomy part of it has to happen in order to bring in uh, the kingdom of Yahawashah or the kingdom of Christ. And see, that's the good news right there. But but the end time prophecies represents uh, the beginning of of a, a new heaven and a new earth in which Yahweh 
kingdom is going to be on the earth during the millennium, millennium reign of Christ. So I, I think we, I think it's important that we mention that to the people, as you were saying, that that it represents something better coming in. The end time prophecies represent something better coming in. And I also want to say that. Uh, uh, now that right there was about, powerful, brother. That was powerful. As a matter of fact, I want you to say it again, since I didn't quite get it in earlier. I want you to say that again. That was pretty powerful. That the end time prophecy uh, represents uh, the coming of the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, it represents something better coming in. The kingdom of Yahweh, who the world knows as Jesus. It represents peace and righteousness coming in. Uh, and, and the gloomy part of it, uh, that's just some of the things that must happen in order for something better to come in. But uh, the end time prophecy the real manifestation of the end time prophecy represents uh, the manifestation of the coming of the kingdom of Yahweh Shai. And that's the good news right there. That's our hope right there. Amen. 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 <laughs> and the scripture goes on to say, everyone that have this hope purifies himself, purifies themselves even as he is pure. I'm talking about that hope in Christ and in his return. Brother, that was really, really good. I really appreciate that. I appreciate Thank that. You. And uh, you, you got to be, you're going to be able to hang out with us a little bit tonight. I don't know how, if you are able to, because I, I know you're another person that's really busy, and this is another brother that listens to a lot of the shows as well. He just don't like, he's on to his own horn. But he could easily press one and be just coming like everybody else. But well, how did your schedule look now? Are you able to kind of hang out with us a little bit? Because, again, Brother John, has it, couldn't, it will not be on the show tonight. And Sister Eliana may not be on as well. So it will be just me and Brother. Excuse me, uh, Brother Yeshua. I mean, Brother Yeshua. So uh, I don't know what your time looks like, but you're more than welcome to hang out with us. Are you able to? Yes, I'm able to. Uh... Yeah, I'll be. I definitely be on listening at least until like about ten something. I'll be. I'll be on listening. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I can leave your line open if you want. I don't know how busy or what you got going on there, but I'll tell you what. I'm gonna leave your line open, and if you want to mute me, if you got something going in the background, just do that and just come on the comment way if you, if you like. Because I really want everybody to hear from the wealth of knowledge that you have, just being out there in the streets, in the in the in the uh, trenches, as they would say, with our people. This is gonna be a show that you. I definitely want to get your uh, 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 points in. Uh, now it's kind of hard when we got on brother John and sister Eliana, but since they're not here, I think it's, if you can, uh, again, you can just put us on mute until you're able to comment. Whenever you want to comment, just comment. Okay. 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 Thank you. All right. All right. Just, just put us on mute until if you got something going on. If it's quiet there, you don't have to mute us. But also, uh, so folks, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines again. I think I have Brother Ella Shure on the line. Uh, Brother, if you're in the house, I'll make sure this is your number. This is a Texas number, uh, 678-559. If that's you, go ahead and press 1. Again, folks, you're listening to Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. I am Brother Seth, and uh, we are just swinging away at End Time Prophecy tonight. Again, tonight we're just kind of winging it. It's an open forum. There's not no particular topic on the table. I was going to ask the guests that come on. Of course, some of them can't because of things going on with them, but I was going to, with the guests that do come on tonight, I was, and that's including you, Brother uh, Patrick, if uh, if you uh, if you're going to be hanging with us as long as you can. And I didn't know you can't stay the whole time. But anyway, as long as you can, whatever is on your spirit, 
with regards to end time, just like you just did, share with us tonight if you want to. Uh, Brother uh, Elishua, uh, I don't know if you can hear me or not, but all of the guests, because I don't know who's all on this phone line. Again, when you come on, we just simply, it's open forum. Y'all, believe it or not, we don't always meet and talk about what we're going to talk about on these shows, and I like it that way sometimes because it's more organic, and you can hear us uh, disagree. I think that's healthy. So y'all know we're not all going to the same church or or, or um, ain't nothing wrong with that, but you, you know that we're uh, not all puppets, you know, we're, we're, we're free-thinking men and women, we all have our own walk with the Father, and we're very, uh, uh, what's the word, we have convictions, we don't always agree with each other, but I want, I like the way we always have that heart to work together, and that's that's not just on the show, that's off the show, Sister Ellie and I talk sometimes, and yes, we disagree, but LSU and I talk sometimes, yes, we disagree, Brother Patrick and I, but we have to work together, learn to work together, so I want to go back to what I was saying, Brother LSU, again, if you're in the house, press one, but I just want to just hit this a little harder, and that is the new look of the church, the new look of the church, I suspect, in coming years, and we all heard what Brother Patrick just said about the hope, the hope, this new kingdom that's coming, this is for a better earth, you know. The new Jerusalem is going to present a better earth, a more refined earth. This old earth is going to be destroyed. The way the old way of things is going to be destroyed, and there's, there's going to come a new kingdom with Christ and the Father. The Bible says then Christ will begin, excuse me, will be... Uh, just wrestling with words tonight, but the scripture says all things have been put on the, uh, uh, been given all power in heaven and earth. Uh, but in the new Jerusalem, when it comes, that he will be again subdued. That's the word I was looking for, subdued under the Father. Now I'm trying to get where that's found in here in a little bit. But anyway, folks, I just want to thank so much every single one of y'all for tuning in tonight. All the various area codes, those of you in the chat room, uh, again, if you have any questions, just Put the questions out there, and I'll try to get to them as soon as I can. Uh, we're still waiting on Brother Lashua and, and, and Sister Eliana. Uh, if she's able to make it, I kind of doubt she'll be able to, able to make it tonight. But I'll tell, tell you what, let's go ahead and, make, and take a little short break because i got a lot to say about this whole um, uh, uh, the new look of this church, what it's going to be, uh, uh, I think, I think there's going to be some things in the churches that we see today that's not going to be around much longer, folks. I'm just being honest, you know, especially a lot of these doctrines. At some point, the earth, the earth, the literal earth is going to have to embrace who the true Jews are. That's number one. If they just do that one, one little thing, do you realize what that would mean? Do you realize what that would mean if they addressed that one little thing? I know some of y'all think that's all we talk about. We only talk about that because, again, Five Smooth Stone, a lot of the things we do is try to bring up a lot of topics that the Father is indeed saying, but you cannot hear them in these churches. And that's where I feel a burden, if you will, or a calling, if you will, to deal with a lot of these topics that just not that's not being taught in these churches. So this is one of the things that's not being taught, who the true Jews are. So it is going to be impossible for all of these prophecy, end-time prophecy teachers to understand the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, the book of Ezekiel without acknowledging who the true Jews are. But when the church does, 
because right now the Internet is saturated with people just like me. And at some point, the people in Israel are going to have to cry uncle and, uh, and, and pay homage to the true Jews. Now, they're already there coming in the land real real slowly, but they're coming. They're coming. I did a show that we call it uh, 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 Reality Check. And while I'm at it, because y'all have to forgive me, I'm moving 100 miles an hour. Again, if you've missed any shows in the past or Five Smooth Stones, remember you can Google Five Smooth Stones Blog Talk Radio, and it'll take you to our page. And there's over 360 shows there where we deal with pretty much five topics, but we also deal with other topics as well. I'm not going to get into the five topics. Y'all should have known by now. Um, well, actually, I think I will. Okay, for time's sake. We'll, again, we're waiting on some of our guests to show. So I'll just briefly go into this, then I'm going to get back on the church. So, so just bear with me, y'all. I just kind of dropped the ball earlier. But the five topics we talk about on Five Smooth Songs are these. I asked the Father five questions, five questions, and the Father eventually answered those questions. In a pretty in a pretty short time, because I was very serious, and I think my heart was right, and I asked the Father these questions. And again, when he gave me the answers, they end up being pretty much five revelations. I asked him, the first question I asked the father was, what was with him using the black man? I kept hearing it in 1988, a lot of ministers saying God was going to use the most, the most I was going to use the black man, the black man, the black man. And the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first, how the black man was getting ready to rise, getting ready to rise. And, and I just didn't believe it. It didn't sound right, I should say. It didn't sound right. So I asked the father, what's what you're using, the black man? What's what you're using, the black man? It just sound like some fleshly, because the father, I know he don't pay homage to the flesh. At least I thought he did, but I couldn't help what I was hearing. So I asked about that because it sounded racist. Then I asked the father, what was going on? What is going on? I hear things about some call a New World Order a one-world government, and I didn't know what that meant. I heard things called, I was hearing things called, um, there wasn't the word Illuminati one then, but it was uh, secret society. I was hearing something about something called secret societies, and I was hearing that there was some wars, some wars planned as much out as 30 years. That blew my mind. I was hearing about secrets in the Vatican, all kind of things that were just rattling me, and I was saying, well, we never hear about this on the news. And so I asked the father, what is really going on? I said, we can't trust, I can't trust NBC, ABC, CBS. Lord, Father, what is going on? That was my prayer. That was the second thing. Uh, maybe not the second thing, but not in any order, folks, not in any order. I did ask him first what was with the black man, but the rest of these, I don't remember the order. But then I asked him, also, can I understand the book of Revelations? Can I, the book, can I understand the book of Revelation? Because that year, and really many years, <laughs> I've been seeing racism in the church, but especially in 1988, from 87 to 88. Uh, 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 Kenneth Copeland had mentioned God using a black man in 1987 and in 1988, and he really talked about it in 1988. Um, so that's what caused me to, to ask the question. What's what you use in a black man? As, as a matter of fact, he said these words, black people, i got something to tell you. After he said God's going to use the black man, he said, i got something to tell you, and you're going to shout. You're gonna, he was saying, you're really going to shout when I tell you this, but I'm not, I can't release it right now. 
And because of the racism I had experienced in the church, I'm talking about predominantly uh, were, were whites and blacks both mixed. And even in black churches as well, you can have racism in all black churches, folks. Yes, you can. Self-hate is there. White supremacy is there, believe me. So anyway, I didn't like Kenneth Copeland saying those two things. God's going to use a black man. I felt like he was playing with our emotions. And then I didn't like the fact he said, I can't tell you something. So I asked the father these five questions. Again, what's with you using a black man? What's really going on in our world? Can I understand the book of Revelation? Because I do not trust these white males. I do not trust these white males. Then I asked him, was there anybody in the Bible that looked like me? For all of those of you that think Brother Seth hate white people, got issues with white people, let me tell you. This is what I asked the Most High. Were there any people in that Bible that looked like me? I say, Father, right now I believe Jesus is, is white, and, 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 and I believe the people in the Bible are white, but there are people saying that Jesus was black. I said, I didn't focus on Jesus, I said, because back then that's what I called him, Jesus. Still called him Jesus. You know, I know there's a proper name is Yeshua, but every once in a while I'll slip and say Jesus because I know we're talking about the same person, folks. Some of y'all need to get over that. Because it's authority so much than the name. It's the authority and the character. That's what the demons understand anyway. So um, I asked the Father again, were there any blacks in the Bible? Were there people in the Bible that look like me? Were there anybody, my exact words, was, was there anyone in the Bible that looked like me, that looked like us, black people? But I wasn't caught up in black or nothing like that. I just wanted to know because I was hearing people say that. It's just as simple. Again, a son crawling up on his father's lap asking a simple question, just like kids do. Although I was grown, we're still kids at heart. And the last thing I asked the father was, can I, this was the last thing I asked. So the first, I, I got the first one right, and the last one was, but I don't remember the order with the other question, was, can I see the world? Can I see the world? I didn't ask to be born in the United States, and I'm really tired of these racist white males. I did say that because I was. And I know like some of you are, even a lot of white people are tired of their own, uh, or are uh, tired of white people. Males as well, lying. Because right now they're in authority. They're the ones in power. So I asked those five questions. We're going to get back to the church and the new look of the church dealing with end-time prophecy. But I just want to tell everybody what five small songs about because I haven't done it in a few weeks. And plus i got a little time since I'm missing some guests here tonight. Uh, but anyway, um, I asked the Father those five questions. Again, can I see the world was the last one because I didn't. I told him I didn't trust white preachers anymore. Uh, something along those lines. I don't trust him, not anymore, because I continue to listen and go to Calvary, which is Bob Nichols, uh, obviously white man, for those of you who know who Bob Nichols is. So the father began to answer me, and I can't go off into him because it will be five shows all by themselves, but in less than probably 30 seconds, I'm going to try to remember to say what, he's, what he gave me. He, The father is not interested in using black males because they're black men. He, he, It's not about black. It's because what he is saying in this end time, is going to favor them. It's going to look as though it's favoring so-called black people, and a lot of white males are not going to preach it. A lot of white females is not going to want to tell their church that the Israelites were black or were dark-skinned. That's like that's just one revelation. That's just one of the revelations he's releasing in this latter days. Some of these revelations he's been released to, to church just won't teach it. That's why again we have five full songs. 
So that's why it's going to be a black movement or, or the church is going to become darker. It's not because of just dark-skinned people. It's because who these people are, they're Israelites, number one, and the Father's getting ready to resurrect them, and white people are going to fight it, and, and, and black people with white people mindset or white white supremacy, not not white people. Big problem there, big mistake, big slip up on me. Definitely not white people is, is the problem. It's white supremacy. But a lot of white supremacy in some of our white brothers and sisters and a lot of white supremacy in some of our black brothers and sisters is going to fight this message tooth and toenail, and that's why it's going to look like a black movement in the end. So that was the first question. As in a nutshell, what's going on? It's a long story when I ask him that, what is going on? New World Order, Catholic Church, all of those topics I just named earlier that we're talking about tonight, they are in control of our world, and that is what's happening right now. I can't go into that. The Book of Revelations, we've been hitting that. Y'all y'all heard us hit that in previous shows. The Father really gave me a revelation on that. Was the people in the Bible black? That was one of the questions, one of the five. So now I see the questions. I'm coming to you. Uh, I see the hands raised. I'm coming to you in a little bit, folks. Just trying to go real quickly through this five smooth stones, these five, what, what these five smooth stones mean. But when I asked the Father, were there blacks in the Bible? He has come through majorly with that. I forget, and by the way, I didn't tell y'all, but when I began to travel in the various countries, some of these answers I got in other countries. I mean, you got to go to other countries, but I did have to go to other countries sometime. I guess for me, I don't know, but that's why I learned a lot of this. I mean, you have to go. You got to just listen to Five Smooth Stone, tell you the truth, and the Holy Spirit. But yes, the anti-Bible is full of dark-skinned people. Where there is white skin, it is associated with a plague called Bible leprosy. It's a, it's, it's a recessive trait. Light eyes, uh, eyes that they're squinching the sun, that's not God's order. There's something wrong with those eyes, not with those people. Not with those people, but with those eyes. Skin that burns in the sun gets skin cancer. Something is wrong with that skin. Not those people necessarily. In the biblical times, it was those people. Someone was cursed that way. But uh, not necessarily the earth is under a curse. And sometimes these things fall on different people because of the earth's curse state, not so much those people's behavior. So, yes, the Bible is full of brown-skinned people. And then can I travel the world? It's been 24 nations to date. So, one at this time, go back to the phone lines. I, I have a hand. Uh, I don't know where everybody been. It's like all of a sudden, uh, tons of people showed up on this show. But let's go into the phone lines because we got a question. Erica, 805 617. Who am I speaking with? I need to, a city and a name, please. Who am I speaking with? This is Donna, and I'm calling from Santa Barbara, California. Hey, Barbara, how you doing? No, I'm Donna, but I live in Santa Barbara. Oh, my bad, my bad, Donna in Santa Barbara. I can't forget <laughs> Donna. My sister's yeah. name is Donna. How are you doing oh, tonight, no. Donna in Santa Barbara? Oh, I'm great. Went for a nice hour and a half walk on the beach earlier, and I'm trying to lose a little weight, so I'm just having protein shakes. And, yeah, I feel good because I'm doing what, you know, what I set my mind to do. All right. Okay, well, what's on your heart tonight? Well, I wanted to know if you're picking up anything prophetic. I'd like to meet someone. You know, I'm 64. I've never been married, and it's something that I'd like to do, accomplish in this lifetime is get married. And um, I can't take her. Sorry. Y'all want to move on. I thought any time I get so-called 
Let me go back to the phone lines. She might have, hopefully she was playing. Okay, Donna, I normally would hang up on someone like you, so I'm going to give you a chance right. to straighten yourself out. You all realize you're calling a show dealing with end-time prophecy. We're very serious trying to find out what the Father, the Almighty Creator, is saying tonight. Are you? Did you mean to get our show? Oh, yes, but I thought it said that you were going to give prophetic messages. That's why I called. I, that's what I thought you were going to Oh, do. no, 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 sweetie. We are giving a prophetic message. I'm glad I brought you back on the line because I definitely going to hang up on you. No, the prophetic message we're giving is, and I'll read this just for you. I normally don't do this for any one caller, but I'm going to read our show description just in case you missed it some kind of way. In this end time, prophetic series, we discuss topics from a Hebrew Israelite. That means black Jews. Because oh. we believe the original Jews were people of the Bible. We're talking about from a Hebrew Israelite of black Jews that we just discovered. The true Jews were black. We're coming from that perspective. From that perspective, if they are true, the true Jews of the Bible, what is the Father giving them regarding the New World Order Vatican Population control, eugenics, financial slavery, Luciferian thought in society, vaccinations that's being given in certain spots of our planet for genocide, mark of the beast, mystery Babylon, social slaves, social media surveillance, rapt deviant culture, white supremacy, beast and revelation, the real Jews being scattered, now found, and a remnant of them being used, the gay agenda, the rapture, thousand-year reign of Christ, spiritual warfare in high places, the New Jerusalem, Armageddon, and topics of this nature. Were you meaning to get a show like that, Barbara? No, I thought it was more like uh, that they would give personal prophecy to somebody. So that's what I thought it was. Well, I, 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 I applaud your trying to get a... I think you're seeking the Father's heart for your personal life. That is should be commended, uh, commendable. But uh, tonight, tonight, we're dealing with the topics I said, and I would caution you one other little thing with regards to prophecies to individuals. There are some people that do have that gift, but bother be careful because a lot of people do that for money, and it's 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 a gift that they're abusing. And oftentimes the enemy can get involved in those prophecies and screw up the person's life saying, thus saith the Lord, and, you know, for profit, especially where they're charging people. So be careful with that, okay? Okay, thank you. Did you have any comments on anything I just said when I read the show's description? Well, I think, you know, history, black people, I think, were, weren't treated very well. But now it's coming around. Now black people are getting treated well, and I think that, yeah, I think it's the time now for the black people, and, yeah, I think they're, you know what I mean? It's it's very good, I think. Well, do my favor, keep listening to the show, and, and I want you to press one. When I put your hold, press one, and then uh, later on, if you ever want to come on again with a question on more of the topic at hand, press one again that a second time later, and we'll bring you back on, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. Well, very nice lady, very nice sister, all the way in Santa Barbara. She tuned in to hear a prophecy for her personal life. Can you falter? Everybody want to hear what the Most High is saying to them personally. That's what y'all are doing, too. Y'all are just more on topic of what we're talking about, but everybody that's tuned in tonight want to hear truly what the Father is saying to them, and they're hoping Brother Seth and his guests will have a word 
far uh, uh, from the Father for them. Well, Sister Donna, I hope you just stay tuned because I guarantee you it may not be on the topic you want, but the Father will speak to you, Sister. Now that, I promise you, just trust me. Folks, we'll take a little break, and we'll be back shortly. Just take a little little break here, and we'll be back real shortly. Y'all going to enjoy this song. Check this out. Somehow, somehow, Lord, I've got to make the journey somehow.
Okay, folks, we're back. Again, you listen to Five Stone Network, and like I said, that was but that was. Uh, I don't think y'all heard me have a mic meeting, but that was Bishop David Ellis saying somehow, somehow, gotta make this journey. He was. Uh, I'm repeating this because I don't think y'all heard me earlier, but I was saying that he walked up and grabbed. He went to the mic and church was looking kind of dead, and he just started yelling this song. <laughs> Somehow, got to make this journey, and I know that's how I'm feeling. We Somehow, we come in all kind of directions, all kind of belief systems, all kind of backgrounds, different ethnic groups, different countries, but somehow, somehow, we got to make this journey. That's all Brother Seth is trying to do is present a, a way. How are we going to do it? Anyway, I want to remind everybody to continue to follow. Oh, well, hold on, let me back up here. I want to remind those of you that have been enjoying these shows to remember to follow the show. Follow the show. Many of you listen to me right now. You're looking at your screen. You're looking at the show. you got the chat room up. There's a follow button up there at the top right-hand corner. Just click it. It's going to make you sign into Facebook or Twitter. And it'll send you messages to Facebook and Twitter whenever we do shows. And um, it's a good thing to do to support us. That's number one. This is an excellent way to support those that are out here working hard in this vineyard. Because it is truly a ministry. And people are hearing the truth. And what does the truth do, family and friends? It make you free. It make you free. Yes, it make you free. So Brother Seth and his guest is putting out truth, and people are being made free. So, yes, you should follow these shows if, that's, if you like what we're doing. Again, click the follow button, all right? And it'll, and it'll send you messages every single time we do a show. Well, listen, um, <laughs> I want to go to the phone lines and bring on uh, our brother Ella Shaw and uh, there, let's see here, Erico 678. Uh, Brother LSU, all the way forward, Ticks, are you there? Good evening, Seth. Good evening, Black Talk. Well, how are you doing, my brother? How are you doing? I'm doing well, Seth. Doing well. How are you? How's everyone doing? Uh, I noticed that uh, you said Sister Eliana is not on the line yet. Um, Sister Eliana oh, yeah. is not going to be with us tonight, I don't think. I'm sorry. Sorry, what did you say? No, I was telling Brother Patrick, good evening. He's got us on mute. It may take him a minute to unmute us because he's, he's got something going on. But he, I told him so he can listen and just whenever he wants to just comment. So he's probably got us on mute. But listen, brother, I want to thank you again for tuning in tonight. Again, folks, Brother John Clark's not going to be with us. Sister Eliana, I don't think is going to be with us as well. She's got a lot going on. And tonight, tonight, we're talking about end-time prophecies, and we're open, open. This is an open, open forum, which means any of those topics I brought up earlier, be it the Vatican secrets of population control, any of these types of things we can talk about. But I am going to start out uh, talking about the new church. And Brother Lashua, you I talked about you earlier, so <laughs> kind of putting you in an awkward place here, but uh, we, 
I know you. You don't care. You're going to say what you're going to say. And that's why I mentioned your name, because I knew you wouldn't care. But I was telling everybody that the church is going to get a facelift. The church is going to get a facelift. And Donnie and Santa Barbara, your hand is still up, sweetie. So if you can press 1, your hand will go down, and then later on you might want to come on. You never know, Barb. I mean, Donna, we, we may say something that you really, really want to hear. So press 1 so your hand will go down now. Okay, there you go. But anyway, uh, Brother Elishua, again, thank you for tuning in. But I was... Uh, Talking uh, to the people about how you were saying that church is getting ready to, you believe, go uh, into a new facelift, or you was wanting it to to uh, look the assembling of ourselves is what you were saying. And all right, so you can you can correct me if I get it wrong. But I was telling everybody earlier that I've always been saying this on Blog Talk, but not quite the way you're saying it. I was saying that the church is getting ready to change. A lot of our young people are not going to churches anymore. People are learning. People are waking up. Even in these our so-called white brothers and sisters, they're learning the truth, and things are happening. We saw it go from traditional where the pastor's up with a suit and tie. Now the, the ministers are wearing like these uh, T-shirts, and it's becoming the norm in some settings. And now you got the mega churches, which is the small storefront churches. Now people are going about outreach different. It's just the church is already changing, but it's going to really make a change once the world begins to embrace and see the true revelation of who the real Jews are, like I was telling Donna from Santa Barbara earlier. Uh, once the churches begin to uh, see this, and this is not a white this is not a black conversation. This is a conversation for humanity. This is why I say humanity all the time, because of people just like, I think, Sister Dodd. Now, I could be wrong, but I thought she sounded like she may be a white sister. Maybe not. But if she's not, definitely on this line somewhere there is, because five moves don't we get them all. And I want people to feel very welcome, welcome and to use what they're hearing. So, brother, correct me if I get this wrong. You do not believe in the modern day church at all in terms of the assembly, the way we're assembling ourselves, the the, the uh, traditions, and the a lot of the doctrine going forward, you think all of it need overhaul, overhauling. Am I correct? Well, n- not all in this. Sense. What, here's the thing. is that yeah, Hold on, hold on. Don't backpedal now. Earlier you said all when you was talking to me. Get me know, out what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying this is that <clears throat> In order to understand what's going on, you have to imagine two kingdoms coexisting, but yet people are giving allegiance to one and thinking that they're giving allegiance to the other. What you have is the church, and then you have Christianity. The church is a worldwide phenomenon that started over 3,000 years ago. From the biblical perspective, the word church simply means it's a Greek word. It's not even a religious term. It is a political term. It's a governmental term, and it's the word ecclesia. It means the gathering of a called-out assembly of people. So whenever you basically assemble in that sense, in the general generic sense, you have a church. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, that when you talk about the church of the church of the Messiah, the church of Christ, the church that he spoke about when his interactions with Peter when he said to feed my sheep. That group of people are born-again believers. What has happened is that many of those people who have come into the truth under an institution that was set up intentionally to look just like that which was the real church. And I would not say a real church. I would say the ancient church, the old church. 
See, most mm. com- most modern believers have no idea of what the original church looked like or what the ancient church looked like, the church that began shortly after Christ's ascension, that, that the church that was laid upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Many of us have no clue or imagination as to what that would look like doctrinally or what it would look like physically. And if you take some time to reverse, reverse that and to investigate that and research that, you will find that it looks very little like anything that we have encountered today. The very reason why come we have pulpits even in a church, and simply put, is because when you were in when you are in a a, a political assembly, it's, it's usually done in a place that say take like an oval, or a uh, I forget the other word for it, and you have a person that stands in the center, and they have not a pulpit but a podium, for which they are reading minutes or they're reading the agenda from. There are many things and practices that we do methodologies, they come down to tradition. And when I say a facelift, I'm not really talking about the physical aesthetics because that's going to work out work it out itself. As far as the traditional way that church is being presented, that people come together on Sunday, which, again, that in itself is not the Sabbath. Uh, uh, that coming in, that, that right there, there's nothing that needs to be done in that regard because guess what, people? Find as shocking as you may be, it's to one day become obsolete because guess what? Statistically, it already is. Anybody on this line who's listening who does, who does um, research and analytical statistics concerning church growth and things like that, then you can testify that the numbers of churches have been diminishing dramatically, and that's all over this nation, regardless of the denomination. Because the church has no longer become relevant to the world in which we're dealing with in that regard. But that, to me, is a physical aesthetic. The particular reference, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about what, what is said in the book of Acts when it talks about the restitution of all things, the times of refreshing, the restitution of all things. So the thing is that we don't need to go forward. We need to go back. We need to go back to that which is authentic and that which is real. So in order okay. for that to happen, but in order for that to happen, there's going to have to be a doctrinal and spiritual reformation. Because if you read the prophecies, and that is the thing that God says, it's not trend, it's not whether things you know are doing well. We're not pragmatic. The means don't justify the ends. We're not existentialists either. That we do things just because it feels good to us. No, no, we have a standard, but we have the truth. We have the we have the word of prophecy. And when you talk about uh, in the realm, so the scripture clearly says that there's going to come a time of rest, refreshing, a restitution. And that means that just what happened with Martin Luther in the Reformation, that I now understand that we understand that our salvation is through grace. We are saved by we are saved by grace through we are saved by we are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of the Most High. Well, that understanding was there right there in the scriptures, but it had been hidden from the people because the people didn't even have access to the scriptures like we have access to it today and take it for notice. The Bible is the number one selling book in history, and it's also, ironically, the most stolen book in history. So, again, but at that time... What do you mean by the most stolen book? What do you mean by the most stolen book? It means from bookstores, from retail stores, from libraries, the number one product in regards to books that have been stolen is the Bible. Huh. Interesting. So that means that even poor people have a desire and hunger for the word because you're not going to steal a Bible to sell it. You're going to steal a Bible to read it. 
So again, huh. it's amazing that poor people, when they're oppressed, that even they then begin to have a desire for the word. And and of course you're not uh, you're not you're not advocating still in the Bible. I know that just so everybody know. I know somebody out there thinking. No, no, and no, no. What I what, and that's the thing. I'm making a statistic. I'm, I'm just basically reciting the statistics. And that's one of the things in regard to when we're dealing with the scripture, because many times people will just state something from the scripture, and people think that people they just stating an opinion, and people get offended by it when it's not. It's just say no, that's just a statistic. But to the thing that that um in that regard again is to say is that, and this is something I was thinking about as you were speaking, brother Seth, and that is this. You know, it's odd that any time you begin to address the church and ask the church, or, and I don't like to say the church. I like to say what we're dealing with really at hand, and that's the issue, and that's Christianity. Because Christianity, as far as the world's identification with it, and that's what the issue is about a name, has eclipsed the church as far as its popularity and spirit of influence. And that influence has not always been positive. A lot of times it's been negative. If you would understand the origins of Christianity, you understand that Christianity, for the most part, was an innovative ideal by an emperor who sought world domination and control and saw that Christianity, the authentic messianic religion, was so strong in its impact that it could not be stopped through persecution. It could not be stopped through, through, through death, through martyring the, the, the adherence to the beliefs. So he realized, hey, if you can't beat them, join them. And the way that you join them is this, you just take it over. And so they took it over. They gave it a facelift. They gave the Messiah a new name which is a, a, a Latino name. It's a Latin name. <laughs> Yahweh Shot, the Messiah, never set foot in Latin America or Spain or anywhere else for that matter. And they gave it a diff- then they gave it a different culture. So therefore, they all of a sudden, the images all of a sudden are white and European and they're Western. And then they also gave it a lot of idolatry because if you see uh, some of the ancient pictures that come from Rome and the Western world of the Messiah, you will always see him with what appears to be a halo around his head. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not a halo. That is an illusion and a reflection, an image of the sun. Because the man who legalized Christianity as an official religion was a sun worshiper, and he never denounced it. As a matter of fact, he never got baptized and totally embraced what we call Christianity until he was on his deathbed. So he did not legalize the religion because he had this great great image uh, vision by night, and then he had some spiritual meeting of the mind, and then he was transformed in his heart. No, he did it for political expediency, and that's why it was done. So what has to happen is that there's going to, it is, and it's going to happen, but here's the thing. There's going to become, there's going to come a doctrinal and spiritual reformation. See, it's not just about aesthetics. That's the problem. We're so caught up in the flesh that we miss what the Most High is doing. And the fact of the most, and the fact, the reality of the matter is that Yahweh, the Elohim, the word God, if you may, of creation, is a spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in two particular aspect components of our existence: that is, spirit and in truth. And here is the dilemma in which we are faced with: in the church, in the church, the authentic church. And even as it has expressed itself through Christianity, we have been people who have been infatuated with the spiritual. So that's why I come we hit the charismatic movement. We hit the Pentecostal movement because we are infatuated with that which is beyond this natural realm. And we understand that that, that being, that, that's our connection with the Mosai. 
Now you have the Hebrew Israelites who have come along, and these people are the most insistent people when it comes to study and research and investigation and in questioning what we've been taught. Now what you have there, you have on your right-hand truth and you have on your left-hand spirit, but the two have never merged. In all the history of the existence of the 2,000 years of the church, truth and spirit has never merged to come together as a worldwide movement as to how we express our, our relationship and our faith in the most high. Because if it happens, if it does happen, when it does happen, we're going to see what the scripture says in Daniel, the 12th chapter, I believe it's the second verse, when it says, those who know their God, their Elohim, they shall be strong and do great exploits, and they shall stand as trees of righteousness. Trees of righteousness. Now, you talked about the facelift that's attempting to go on. That's an act of They change their clothes. That change the particular venues in which they meet in, but yet they have yet to submit to the spirit of the Most High and get the full counsel of God. So what you have is a lot of entertainment going on. You have a lot of information coming forth, and that's, the, and that's eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But you have no spiritual transformation that impacts the society and the culture. You understand that we are a kingdom, and he said when you pray, my kingdom come, my kingdom, my, thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. The kingdom, this thing we think of heaven, we always see it as a celestial place. But when we hear the Messiah talk about it in the New Testament, he's talking about a kingdom, an ideology, a political ideology, a governmental reality. But we want to make it a religion. So that's why I can, we miss it when he says that. So the thing is, is that those people are going to be strong. But then there's a war going on. And this is what I was going to allude to, and I'm going to kick it back to you, Seth, is that anytime you begin to question what is happening in the area of, of heretical teaching, false doctrine, preachers given to greed, um, anytime you address anything that does with what I call church, and you say that you are dealing with the issues of Christianity, what happens? People get offended because they're, they're taking it personally and right to do so because belief is the central most aspect of our life. We act based upon our beliefs. We think we don't, but what our, the core of our beliefs is what, is what really promotes our behavior. So when we check it, then all of a sudden we have a conflict. But here's the reality in the last days when it talks about bishops, when it talks about pastors, when it talks about teachers, here's the reality. As a matter of fact, everybody has a slaving indictment in the last days, except for two groups of people, or except for one group of people, and that is the true prophets. But if you read it in the New Testament, it talks about Satan sending forth his servants as ministers of righteousness, and they're calling them apostles of righteousness. We have that in the church today. But here's the thing. When you read the prophets, because, see, I was sitting up thinking, and I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm alone, you know. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm going against a trend, and people can't see it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me while you were speaking. He said, son, remember Jeremiah, 30, remember Jeremiah 23. Remember Ezekiel 34. He said, 
And remember Isaiah. He said, go down these passages. He said, what am I saying? I'm saying I'm displeased with the pastors. I'm displeased with the shepherds because they have neglected their call. They have seen themselves as beneficiaries of the flock. That's a scathing indictment, and that's not coming from the mouth of Elishua Israel Ellison. That's coming from the scriptures. The prophetic things that are spoken from the mouth, from the heart of the Most High, out of the mouth of the prophets, what he decreed in the last days, is simply put, is that those who have been assigned to be the watchmen on, over the wall on the souls of people have neglected their duty. Why? Because they become so worldly. Worldly. You tune on TVN? We have major conferences where we invite people like Oprah to be keynote speakers and keynote and to be a keynote speaker at a so-called Christian event. Oprah is, for all intents and purposes, a witch. She's a witch of the New Age movement. She is the very thing of what the Scripture talks about: eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We have pastors that no longer refer themselves as pastors and ministers. As a matter of fact, they try to push that title off because they know now because of the fact of your negligence, of your irrelected duty, that now that term has been associated with contempt. So now they call themselves life coaches. See what's happening? Okay. See, last thing, we become like a frog in a kettle. Years ago, years and years, a couple of decades ago, decades ago a Christian brother came up with this term to illustrate a point of how we have become seduced by our culture and that it's difficult for the world to see any difference between us and an unrighteous people. And he, and he related it to a frog. If you throw a frog in hot, boiling water, it would immediately jump out of that water because of the heat. It detects the heat. But a frog's body is such that if you put it in a water, lukewarm water, and then you increase the heat in increments, that frog will sit there in that water, even with the changes that's physically going on within his body, he will boil to death because he doesn't, he's not aware that his surroundings have come to the point to where now he has become a part of it and doesn't realize he's ailing into it. And Messiah said this. He said, I send you in the world, but you are not of the world. He says, I send you as lambs among wolves. I mean, as sheep among wolves. He says, but I'm there with you. And we have forgotten that we're living in the end time, and the world, things are about to get rougher and rougher, wicked and wickeder. But somehow we think our hope is in that, hey, we're somehow going to have a bright thing What's going on. Our hope is that in all of it, we are preserved. No matter how rough it gets, we're preserved. Well, we're going to go through persecution. Seth? Amen. Well, I was just listening to you. I try to sometimes, I don't know what this is about me, but I, when somebody's talking, sometimes I try to visualize what they're saying in reality. Like, how is that going to look? Okay, yeah, but brother, okay, but how is that going to look? Can that fit in the kingdom? Can that fit what he just said in the kingdom? Okay, can that, that's, that's just how I do. But let me say this, uh, folks. Uh, first of all, just thank everyone again for tuning in. We always got people stumbling in late. Shouldn't say stumbling in. I thank you whenever you come in. But uh, tonight we're just dealing with end time prophecy, end time prophecy, various topics, 
is uh, is on the table. Oh, excuse me. Uh, we are doing what we call an open forum, where we're just sharing what's on our heart. And you can do the same thing, listener. Those of you on the phone lines, press 1 and come on, just like Sister Donna did earlier from Santa Barbara, and just share whatever. Of course, she was off topic. But whatever is on your mind with regards to end time, this we're taking questions. Tonight really is supposed to be for the people, uh, for the people, meaning we take your calls, we take your comments. But in the meantime, while y'all thinking whether or not you want to press 1, we're just going ahead and talking about the church. How is it going to look in these end days? What is happening? Uh, earlier I had a conversation with Brother Elishua, and he brought back to some memories of things I've been saying for a long, long time. So that's what picked uh, me to, to go back into this tonight. Uh, again, I've been saying some of these things for a while because I know that the church, the way it is today, and I don't want to blast. Let me just say something real quick. I'm glad I thought to say this. Y'all heard Brother Elishua. I have one too many things he said that I disagree with, okay? I will say this much though about the church. The 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 the, the again the church is a is, is a is a group of people born again of the spirit and of the uh, of the most high. Okay? The they the the real church. Now, I wanna talk about their well, what we're talking about tonight is the assembly. When they go to assemble together, what is being done with the pastors, apostles, teachers that is put over the real church. We're saying that that these traditions and doctrines and, and uh, is 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 pushing people away more importantly from the Most High. It is not what He has ordered for the Most High. There's not a whole lot of scriptures about how to pastor, but I wanted to say this before we continue this show. Right now, here's my convictions about the church. I do agree pretty much with almost everything the brother said. There's a few things I may disagree with him on, but for the most part, I, I agree with pretty much everything he said. And But I want to make sure that the listeners understand one thing about Brother Seth. I believe that in these assemblies, you can get born again. And the LSU, I will assume believe the same thing, but he can correct me. You can get born again. You can hear the authentic gospel in a lot of these churches. Not all of them, but you can hear the true, the truth about Christ, who he was, why he came, lived, died, rose, and left, and is to return. You can get salvage, saved. You can hear something that would, that if you can believe, would mean salvation to you. Of course, the Father has to draw you and all of that. Now. Another thing about this institution called the the church or this assembly that meets on Sundays and some of them meet on Saturday, most of them, 99% of them meet on Sunday, you can also get delivered from various things plaguing you, be it financial, physical, spiritual, emotional. If you submit to what uh, some of these people are teaching, I believe, Brother Seth believe, you can be set free. If you will, like, for instance, here's a good one. Uh, they talk about being full of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. Now, I know a lot of churches don't believe in that, but there are some churches that are still preaching, be filled with the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, preaching fasting and praying, fasting and praying, fasting and praying, uh, giving every area of your life over to the Father, treating your wives good, not lying, cheating, stealing, uh, not being addicted to chemical, uh, not having no other God before you. These are teachings in these institutions. Well, if you do what they say, you will be set free in those areas. And I thank the Most High 
for all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of churches that are doing a great job with getting people free. What I believe and what we're talking about tonight is this. There is some freedoms that we need right now, right now as a nation, as a world, and yes, even as African Americans who mainly list the ones that listen to the show, who we reach out to first and foremost and then the world. There is some needs in our community that's being untapped. There is some needs in our community that's just people walking away from, ignoring. We'll 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 poison the people against you if you stand up too strong for these needs. Here's a need right now in our community, and here's a need in our world. The people in our world don't know who we are, most people. So they mistreat us because we're malfunctioning as a nation, as so-called African-Americans. We're doing things out of character that people shouldn't do. And for that reason, people are calling us bad names and mistreating us, and we're at the bottom of every tiny aspect of American culture. We're at the very bottom Tiny of every tiny aspect of, in society. Nobody knows why. Nobody want to talk about why it seems. Or if they do, they don't want to apply the real solutions. And many of these pastors really do know the truth, but feel they're going to lose their flock. Brother LSU have run into people that have that fear, and he's pissed off about it. So am I. That's why I started Five Smooth Stone Networks to start talking about things that you can't hear in these churches that the Father is really saying. So this brother believes y'all sitting up here watching these people die. You won't tell the truth. You, you're twisting the truth. You 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 uh, uh, you make us out to be villains. Those of us that do have the backbone to speak up. You won't meet with us. You know you cowards. You know and so he's pissed. Guess what? So am I. We just have two different ways of saying it, but I'm pissed. I really am. And I really don't have a lot to say about pastors that know this information and not sharing it. Folks, you cannot understand the Bible unless you understand who Israel is. Now, this is just one revelation. I want to keep getting on it because this is not all that Brother LSU is talking about. There is a lot of teachings in the Bible, excuse me, in our assemblies that's got to go. Some of y'all still believe that the black skin is cursed. Ham was cursed. Some of y'all, you know, the way uh, some of these pastors is doing money, it's just, they're just, they're tying up kingdom, these are kingdom money. This money, even though it's, 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 it's tied to the earth, it's produced by believers that make it holy as far as what we can do with it. I'm not talking about the money itself, but what we can do with this earthly money can really enhance the kingdom. And we can't, the money is in bondage because the people, the people that rule over these Israelites, these the people, the, the, the pastors and apostles from them, they are squandering the Father's money, money on big buildings, getting building their empire. So, again, here we go. Brother LSU and I and other people that come on this show, we don't like that. But we're not saying it's all church. I don't think this brother is. At first, I thought it was, but he kind of corrected me. But make no qualms about it, folks. It's the bulk of these churches that are not very good Samaritans when it comes down to African Americans. 
Now, when it comes down to so-called white America, which I don't think white is a nation, a nation of people, but the the humans that happen to have recessive white skin, if I can say it like that, don't get offended. I don't know no other way. I got to quit saying white and black based on uh, as a nation. We got to get away from that. So y'all bear with me as I try to gather my thoughts how to say this. But our white brothers and sisters, when these pastors go to deal with them, it's a little different. But I'll let you hit that a little bit. I got a feeling you got something in your spirit where all of what I just said is concerned. I hope I didn't do anything. You sit, you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay, because I hit it on media until you stopped speaking, so I hit another button. I was making certain that I hit the wrong button. You're fine. Everything's um, cool. Just go ahead. Uh, I'm going to respond to that with a scripture. Now, this scripture is speaking specifically to Israel, and speaks specifically to Israel in regards to end time and to the latter days, and it's speaking specifically in regards the pastors. Hear ye the word of the Lord. And the word of Yahweh came unto me saying, I'm reading from Ezekiel 34 chapter. 34 chapter. And then I'm going to make a brief comment because uh, I like this slow and kick it right back to you, Seth. But let me read the 34th chapter. And the word of Yahweh came unto me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now, prophesy and say unto them, Thus says Yahweh Elohim unto the shepherds, Woe be unto the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves, should not shepherds feed the flock. Now, let me put a little bit of clarification context here, because a lot of people will read this and just assume that, wait a minute, he used the word shepherd. Uh, Israel was an agriculture people. He's talking about the shepherds in the land. No, that's not what he's talking about. And when we find out in Scripture, you will see this. And what you're going to also find out is that, guess what? Shepherds in the sense of pastors did not exist in Israel. Israel was governed by judges and kings. And when they became a kingdom, they had a governmental system uh, not unlike any other monarchy. So this was totally prophetic when the prophet spoke it. I'll continue, verse 3. You eat the fat and you clothe you with wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. You desire, you, the disease have you not strengthened. Neither have you healed that which was sick. Neither have you bound up that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost, but was forced and with cruelty have you ruled them. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they become meat to all the beasts, the beasts. The beast, the system we live in that has now incorporated Christianity, Christianity being an element of it, the beast of the field when they were scattered. My sheep had wandered through all mountains and upon every hill. My flocks were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek for them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear ye the word of Yahweh. As I live, says, says the Lord Elohim, surely. Because my flock became a prey, black people, this is talking to you. This is talking to you right now. And my flock became meat to every beast of the field because there was no shepherd. Neither did my shepherd search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and said, not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear ye the word of Yahweh. Thus saith the Lord Elohim, behold, 
I am against the shepherd, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherd feed himself anymore, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, and they may not be meat for them. Organized religion and the way that it's promoted in Christianity, guess what? You don't like support. Your day is over with. People are no longer food. People are no longer deceived. People are waking up. One of the biggest things I like about the conscious movement is that they put a great premium on what they call emotional control. Because when people are overly emotion, they make themselves susceptible to deception. Picking up verse 9. Therefore, you shepherds. No, verse 10. I will require my flock. So what he's saying here at the hand, what he's saying simply put is that guess what? The people are going to stop following you. That's how he's going to resolve that matter. So you're talking about a transformation and a change? Yeah, it's going to become a change. You see, the, the, purpose, the purpose of a prophet is to do is, what did he tell Jeremiah? He said, first you are to root up and to destroy. You have to throw down, root up, and destroy. Because in other words, there is a pattern and there is a way of doing things that seems right unto, unto a man, but the end there is destruction. And we are trying to build a spiritual work and, 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 and trying to build from what was laid from a spiritual foundation. We're not trying to build it to physical carnal means. And that thing is about to come apart. It's already falling apart. You cannot get a lot of people under the age of 30 to participate, participate in any way, form, or fashion with what they consider organized religion. They are repulsed by it. Now, you have to understand that if that's the case, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Who's responsible for this travesty? The, the yeah. church, the pillowing ground of truth from which all light comes forth, the kingdom. And Seth, you said something earlier. I disagree with you. The gospel is not being preached in all these churches. What's being preached is the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom from which Christ spoke and which he gave us instructions to speak. And he said, when this gospel is preached throughout all the world for a witness, then the end shall come. That's not happening. That is not happening. And that's not happening in, oh, and that's not happening in at least 50% of the churches. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's dialogue a little here. You're right. You're right in terms of that particular preacher, what what Christ preaching, what the pastor's preaching. You're right. It's different. Basically, what I was saying was this. You, yourself, got delivered, saved. Um, You didn't get born again. Hold on. You didn't get born again. Hold on. Hold on. You didn't get born again at a church. No, you didn't get born again at a church. Okay, hold on. All right, right. Let me get it out. You didn't get born again at church. However, you learned a whole lot or a lot of key things at church because you say it from time to time. You learned a lot of key things at at at, at a uh, or you. You know, in, in school, at university, I know for myself, I would not be where I am today had it not been for the traditional church, the one with all these problems. 
in the middle of all these problems is people that love the Most High and they're led of His Spirit. And if you're led of His Spirit, He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Now, you might say, well, you're at church. That's not in the presence of your enemies. Yeah, it can be. If you're doing the things Brother Elishua is saying, you're teaching some of the things Brother Elishua is saying, you would be considered like an enemy to the kingdom. Hey, I'm talking about good people that love the Father. If they're spitting for things that's called destruction, making prophecies, the sister was on the line tonight earlier, Sister Donna, talking about she's looking for a prophecy, a private prophecy. There's people doing that and charging. Well, if you want them people, you you operating like an enemy, even though you might be in the fold. So I know what you're saying. They're not preaching all of what they need to be preaching, but make no qualms about it. The, a lot of these churches has got some testimonies from here to Egypt about people getting delivered from this, that, this, that. And if you say everybody that's got delivered one way or another in church, in these assemblies, I want you to get in line and testify. We'll be here for the next five years listening to them. So I'm not going to sit up here and say nothing good in these churches. They just need to preach the whole, whole loaf. They need to just tell the whole truth. They just need to do what Christ said. Man shall live by every word. They need the word regarding who the Hebrews are. They need the word regarding breaking down racism. They need the word regarding, like you was talking about earlier, breaking down greed. They need to tell it all. They need to tell the whole truth. And be obedient. Not be such knuckleheads when it comes down to dealing with money. And, and, and have some backbone. You know, sometimes the Father going to tell you to do something. Ain't no other churches might be doing it, Pastor. Go ahead and do it. Obey the Father. Quit trying to stay. Uh, all these traditions, all these, well, we don't normally do this, and, and the way we do it here at the Church of God in Christ, the way we do it here at the Baptist, whatever. That's not the Baptist way. That that's the mess that we're talking about tonight. But I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. Go ahead. Uh, I would like to say something, uh, if if possible. Go ahead, uh, Brother Patrick. Uh, uh, <laughs> the most I revealed to my spirit, he said, "Be careful how you judge the Sunday churches and how I witness to them." He said, because, first of all, T.D. Jakes and the Clefro Dollars, no disrespect, they don't represent the majority of the black churches. And uh, he said, because uh, they only represent uh, a small percentages of the quote-unquote black churches, because most black churches are, uh, I read one uh, research poll, are pretty much, 30 or 25 members or less, and they're struggling to keep the air conditioned on. And when I thought about what the Most High was revealing to me, uh, I found that to be true because most of the churches I grew up in from here in the Mississippi uh, were small churches with members of uh, no more oh, than hold 50. On, brother, hold, on, brother, hold on, Brother Patrick, because I definitely want to hear from you. Folks, I just got a little message in my ear saying we got 90 seconds, 90 seconds. So if you listen to this show and you did not call the phone line, you listen on your computer, you got to call that phone number, 914. It's going to be disconnected, 914-205-5590. One more time, if you're listening to this show and you didn't call the number, but you listen on your computer, you're going to be disconnected in less than 60 seconds now. 914 Nine oh, go ahead, brother Patrick and Sister Elian. I think I see you. I'm coming to you uh, in a second here. Go right ahead, brother. And uh, so, uh, 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 the Potter's House, 
T.D. Jakes Ministries, uh, Cliff O'Dollar Ministries, uh, Bishop Noel Jones Ministries, those mega black churches are, they are not the majority of the black churches. Uh, right around here in Stop 6 area of Fort Worth, Texas, uh, we have a lot of churches around here, but if you go in them, they're mostly with uh, 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 25 members or less, and they're struggling trying to keep the air condition on. Uh, and most black pastors and churches that I've been in and know, the, the black pastors, they are, uh, that they work. Most of them work, and they, they help their congregation to the point where they, some have uh, spent their children's uh, life savings to help people out and keep the church going. And uh, So most black pastors I know, they're working pastors. Uh, but at the same time, they do teach the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahweh Shah, who in the world knows as Jesus. Uh, they just don't teach the whole gospel like the kingdom, and they should. And they should teach our people also uh, what sin is according to the law. That's what they're lacking at. But but I think we need to be uh, careful not to confuse uh, the, the mega black churches we see on TBN and Daystar uh, with the uh, the black churches that are on every block in the hood. And that's all I want to say respectfully. Shalom. Well, that was that was very well put, brother. Uh, uh, I understand, and hopefully you're able to come on with more. The way you say shalom, like you can really leave. Hopefully you're not leaving us, but if you can hang out no, with still us, on. I'm still on. are you able to hang on I'm with us? On. Or are you leaving? No, I'm still on. I was just saying shalom to me, and I'm oh, I'm okay. making my comments. I understand, but that's good news. Okay, brother, I want you to go ahead and comment on something you said. I know. You, well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and bring Cecilia I think she's in the house now. And uh, let's go to California real quick. Hold that thought, Brother Elishua. Okay. Air code 209-233. I believe this is the Eliana. Is the Eliana, is that you? Yes, it is. And shalom this evening to everyone who's on the call. And, yes, I did just get in, so um, shalom. Well, welcome to the show, and we just kind of swing in here talking about uh, end-time prophecies. And again, uh, Brother Patrick, anything on your heart regards end-time topics you can bring up. We don't have to stick on this one topic. This is open forum on topics regarding end-time prophecy. If I can talk, this is an open forum tonight on end-time prophecy topics. So anything on y'all's heart regarding end times, we can go with it, and each one of y'all can just talk as long as you need, really. Um, but we kind of, kind of, for some reason, here on uh, talking about the church and the new look, new face look of possibly what is to come with the church in this time. What this new church is going to look like. A lot of our young people, Cecilia, as you already know, is not down with what they're seeing and hearing. They do not want it. They do not want this, this old wine skin. Uh, this uh, old wine. So, um, Brother Elisha was sharing on that, and I'll let him go ahead and finish, and then I would like to know what you have to say on that, Sister Eliana. Go ahead, Brother Elisha. Uh, Brother Seth, if, yes. if you would, actually, I was doing something here for just a second, getting something together to respond to you. If you would, could you go ahead and let Sister Eliana, and, and, and good evening, Sister Eliana. Okay. I hope that you're doing well tonight. Okay, well, go ahead and handle what you're doing. Sister Eliana, uh, again, some of the things said tonight, I know you're just coming on, but, again, we're talking about, uh, and not just Sister Eliana, but those who just tuned in kind of late, 
uh, we we have been talking about the new church, a new look, because this is end time, and you need to know. Yes, you need to know what is happening, because some of you are going to be knocking some of these new churches, the new assemblies, because we are the church, the people. But the way we gather is going to look a little weird to you. A lot of people, for instance, have left the church, and they think, well, actually, they don't think that they will listen to the Spirit. Well, no, some of them was listen to the Spirit, some of them was not, but some of them don't know why. They just can't do church no more. And they're at home, and they're reading their Bible, and they're trying to live right. Their heart is right with the Father, but they just can't seem to function in this church, in the modern-day church. They have trouble with what they're teaching. They have trouble with what they're wearing. They have trouble with what they're doing with the money. They have trouble with many things that is going on in the modern-day church. And then they're looking at our young boys getting shot, Sister Eliana, Brother Patrick, and family. They're watching our blood run down the street, and there is no outcry in most churches. Now, here's where I'll sound like Brother Elishua. Pretty much, I'm going to say most churches on this one. People don't want to talk about it. You know what I'm talking about? All they can do is victimize the victim and say, I don't know why these young boys want to uh, buck authority. You know, these cops, they'll say something like, you know, these cops, a lot of them not right, and they'll say, you just need to do what you're told, and they'll tell us how the kids, how to act. But there's no outcry. They don't go out and march and do nothing. They just, just victimize the victim. Well, a lot of people looking on new converts, that don't fit right with them. And this new generation, they really can't do the church. The church looked very passive, it looked very weak, it looked very scared. And not to mention, Ichabod is rolling the door post, meaning no power. The glory has departed. That's what the scripture talks about. Ichabod meaning a church with no power. Ichabod meaning a church with no power. The glory has departed. And a lot of these churches, they don't have the gifts of the spirits to see how they operate. They can't prove there is a God outside of a good message and you feeling those little chills and dancing. But in terms of power, they make everybody scared as hell of those ministers and those people in the body of Christ operating under this anointing. There's not that fear that people used to have in the church. And then when you look at the in the world family and you see all these muscles by all of what they're doing in our world, church is not it's not a factor. I'm just talking about how a lot of people talk to me in the streets and on my job. A lot of can do church. So Brother Lashu and I have been talking, Brother Patrick and I have been talking about this new church, a new look. People finding out the Israelites and they are keeping the Shabbat or the Sabbath. And they're meeting on Saturdays and they are studying the scriptures. Now you might say, well, they don't have any signs and wonders either. That's true. A lot of them don't. But what they are trying to do is start something fresh. They're trying to hear from the Father fresh. You know, I was a part of a very powerful little group in Cincinnati. We was there because I wasn't in churches in Cincinnati. For some of the time I was in Cincinnati. And I would fellowship with this little Hebrew group led by Brother Yahshua. You heard him on the line uh, last week and I think the week before he'd been on. And so we were fellowshipping and it was very powerful, very moving. You know, people come out, well, you can't be accountable when you're meeting in your house. Well, that depends on the heart. We was accountable to each other. 
we had certain ones that would be the teacher, and I'm sure the spirit would come in there, and a certain one would be operating under the pastor. You don't have to have a big old congregation. Sister Eliana, I'd love to know your feedback on that, okay? Again, a new church is, is emerging right before us. Now, that don't mean all of the buildings that we know as where people assembly assemble. That don't mean that they're all going to just, you know, one day be obsolete. I don't believe that. I think those buildings are just innocent buildings. It's what you do inside the buildings. But do you see something new coming with regards to the assembly of believers and how they worship and the doctrines and the behaviors of our ministers or our leaders? Do you see anything, Sister? Absolutely. And one of the things I'd like to comment on is what you were saying about what's happening in the churches. So we have to we always have to put things in perspective from the most high standpoint. We have to remember that a lot of our church experience came out of the slavery where we were forced to go and hear the scriptures, but they taught us the scriptures incorrectly or backwards. So, for example, they taught slaves that the Exodus was all about uh, slave rebellion and that the, the 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 parting of the Red Sea and the drowning of the Egyptians, they actually misquoted that to the slaves and said it, it was the it was the slaves that were drowned because they were leaving their master. So when when we were allowed to assemble ourselves, because you have to remember, uh, we all have to remember that they had laws against uh, us as Hebrews assembling. So when we were able to kind of get a little bit free of those laws and we started having our own congregations and assemblies, we had an overseer. Most of, a, most of our little churches had overseers, and it was someone coming from that dominant culture to make sure that we only taught three basic principles to our people, and that is turn the other cheek, uh, obey your masters, servants, obey your masters, and it's going to get better by and by. And so in a, in a lot of our churches, you see that today, you know, coming like 100 years forward, uh, we still teach it's going to get better by and by. We still, you know, teach turn the other cheek. And we still teach that submission to the master or to the dominant culture. That's why there is no outcry when our children's blood is running in the streets because it's going to get better for us by and by. So don't upset the hand of the quote-unquote master race or master culture here because it's going to get better by and by. So what we do, we teach around the real issues. We teach prosperity. We teach new cars, new houses. We teach, you know, things like that that make us feel good, um, feel good solutions because we feel powerless as a people against this dominant especially when you see the the cops killing our young people and then they're getting off. And so a lot of our leaders, you know, they, um, like you said, they, they, they um, teach to the oppressed already or they condemn the oppressed by, you know, you young people need to obey authority, but it's not that. We're being hunted systematically. We are being stopped. You know, in our communities, these cops come, they harass our young people, they they stir up, um, 
you know, riots and, and, and behavior, and our young people are tired of it. They're looking at older folks, and they, they're saying, you guys can't protect us. You are not really our leaders. You are older than us, but you guys allowed this to happen because they, again, don't have an understanding that we're coming to the tail end of our oppression and um, this punishment that the Most High put upon us. So the young people today, they're they're being trained in school that, you know, there was no slavery. There was no, uh, we're just the same, we're all one people. There is no distinction between who we are. We may share different skin, but we're really all the same underneath the skin. There, There's no understanding that, we are a set-apart people to a very holy Yah. And so that's why our young people don't want to go into these churches and learn how to turn the other cheek and, and, and sing Kumbaya and it's going to get better because in, in their experience, they can walk the streets freely. They can go to the malls. They can travel uh, from coast to coast. It's not like uh, 100 years ago where we couldn't and we were polarized and we were marginalized into our own communities and we knew there was danger. We knew there were strange fruits hanging on the trees and we were we were kept together by a spirit of fear and intimidation. Today, that kind of intimidation and fear is not on us collectively. So our our young people are free to move about the country. They don't see the terrors of the past, and so they feel you know who they are. They're bold. They're 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 brazen. You know they are young men. They are young women, and they don't know the stories. And another thing in the churches, you know what kept the power in our churches a uh, hundred years ago, uh, even sixty years ago, seventy years ago was um, prayer. Um, And so prayer was a part of what kept our churches and our congregations strong. And without that prayer, and the reason we were praying, the reason we were praying is because our communities were so afraid and oppressed, we didn't have civil rights, we didn't have freedoms, we couldn't go wherever we wanted, we had to shop at certain stores, we had to eat in the back, of lunch counters. We had to eat in the back of restaurants. So we prayed, and the power of God came in because we were expecting God to do something uh, to bring a change. And so now... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody have some noise in the background. Again, if you're not commenting and you got noise, just mute me, please, please. No, no, that's my house. Okay, go ahead, sis. It's okay. And so now... We have a situation where we're free. We're not oppressed in the same way. We're economically oppressed. We're we're economically disadvantaged. We're systematically passed over for jobs. We're still uh, last hired, first fired. But in all of that, we can go to San Diego. We can go to the beach. We can go to L.A. We can go to New York. We can go to a club. We can party. We can have a lot of fun. We can even go to you know to Jamaica. We can go out of the country. We can come back in. So we have a lot of other freedoms, yet we're still oppressed. And so it appears, you know, we have people that are, are doing well in certain institutions, uh, certain parts of government. This is something we didn't have 100 years ago. So the perception is that we are... We are doing better overall as a people, but the reality is that we're still being marginalized and we're still not where we should be because we're still under the thumb of the Most High, yet we have a lot more freedoms. So this is why there's lack of power in our churches. 
because we don't feel the need to pray. What are we praying for? We're going to pray for a new car. We're going to pray for a raise, a better job. But we're not praying against the oppressor because for all intents and purposes, we can come in our house, close the door, we can turn on a movie, we can get ourselves lost in fantasy, we can get ourselves lost in drama. We didn't have that 100 years ago. So we have more now that keeps us preoccupied in this Babylonian society and keeps us under the illusion that we have acculturated, that we're a part. We can, we can you know, we have a lot more things that, to deceive ourselves into believing that we are really part of the culture, and this is why we have lack of power in our churches. Well, um, powerful. Repeat that, brother. No, I was just saying, were you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Go ahead and respond to Sister Eliana. I'm listening. Yeah, and, and, and again, those some very vital points, and those are issues that we are confronted with. And as I said, we are in a matrix, and we're not aware of it. Uh, it's like I gave the illustration between the frog and the kettle earlier. Um, um, is how that we become seduced by the culture, then we become a part of the culture. When in actuality, we're supposed to stand. We stand. We're not supposed to be just like the culture. We're to stand apart from the culture, and so we don't have a standard. But she said something when she began that, um, and it's a point that that I think really leads into what I'm trying to communicate is this: is that, and that's this. She said that our experience here as free people is highly impacted and influenced by our experience as slave people, beginning, first and foremost, with our religion and the way that we were taught to believe. Now, you say all churches, that that, there's no way all churches could have an issue with it. Well, I'm going to show you something. The reason why come you don't need people to be in chains and to have them confined to certain quarters to keep them in slavery because you've had 300 years of MK. You've had 300 years of mind control. It's just like Oswald's dog. I'm sure, you know, the theory. I mean, come on. That's the smart people online. Y'all, y'all read something about psychology on how, you know, you get certain actions and then how the dog would react certain ways. That's what has happened to us as a people as far as mentally is concerned. So we don't need change anymore in order to be slavery. Because just like what Kanye was alluding to, but he articulated terribly bad, was that the reason why come is 400 years, and for that most part, we're still in chain. We still, for the most part, as Sister Yalana just artic- clearly articulated, that our young men walk the streets, and as parents, we wonder sometimes we're not, not at home at a certain hour you know, if something's going to happen to them, not for fear because they may be in the wrong place. But they could be stopping at a gas station, police officer pulls over, and all of a sudden now what's supposed to have been a routine check or what have you now, we're making funeral arrangements. That's because we don't live, we fear for our safety. That's a reality. But now let's go to this issue about what we talked about, and I said two things must happen. We must have a doctrinal and spiritual reformation. Why do we need a doctrinal reformation? Not just in regards to the black church. I showed you the indi- I showed you the indictment, the, the the scathing indictment that Yahweh Himself has spoken of as far as regards to the black church. 
because it was to Israel, <laughs> okay? But now what we're talking about now is we're talking about the church at large. Here's the thing. We need a doctrinal theological reformation. Why? Let's go back. Let's go back to what we believe. And this is why I can say, when I can say there are very few churches, if not none, that actually preach what I would call exclusively true. Now I'm going to show you why. This why. Everything has a history to it. And when we talk about Christianity, Christianity is, as we know, beginning with Constantine, was a commercially oriented, accepted, worldwide known religious phenomenon. It became a part, in all aspects, a part of the Roman Empire. Just like uh, what happened is what resulted in uh, the so-called founders uh, seeking isolation from the king in England is because what was happening is that, is that Christianity had been merged with the government. Well, that wasn't a new phenomenon, people. That had been existed for 2,000 years since the inception of Christianity. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to be a person of any prominence and the Christian community as a theologian and as a preacher, then it is incumbent upon you that you get some type of religious training, education. You go to a Bible school. You go to a school of theology. You go to seminaries. All of these different various forms of education teach a universal theology. That theology comes from, for the most part, out of what began with Constantine when he convened the first uh, Christian council, the Nicene Council, and what eventuated to become the Catholic Church. The word Catholic means universal control, not appeal, universal control. Now, that doctrine, when your pastors and your bishops went to school, Regardless of what school they went to, they say, well, okay, they went to, they went to Morehouse or, or they went to uh, Morris Brown. Um, they didn't go to a, a, West, uh, a black uh, school of theology. They went to Morris Brown. Well, the only thing different in that theology is they teach you what's called black theology, and that means that they emphasize certain aspects like blacks in the Bible. And even then, that is a farce because in reality, the Bible is 99.9% people of color. So if you want to look for a phenomenon in color-wise on the Bible, you're looking for white people in the Bible because they were the phenomenon because they were few and far in between. They didn't much exist. They were basically called Gentiles, and they basically hailed from Turkey, Caucasus Mountains, from which white people called themselves Caucasians. So, again, now, they formed the Catholic Church for the objective of control. That's what Constantine did it for. I said it earlier how Constantine did not even come to a true faith to even be considered a part of the Christian community which through the rite of baptism until he was on his deathbed. His, 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 his spiritual and religious allegiance was still to Islamist, the, uh, the sun god. It was not to Yahushat or Yahshua or Yehoshua or Jesus the Christ. They even changed the name. Now, so when, when, when people say, well, the name is not an important issue, yes, it is. Because a name is significant of identity. When you think of a person's name that identifies an individual, when you think of a, of, of, of a denomination, it identifies a group of people. And when you name a religion, it names a worldwide international phenomenon. So it's no simple thing. Now, they were taught a theology. 
That theology came from the Catholic Church. That theology has a number of issues. And that theology was taught from generation to generation to this very present generation. So if all of your pastors are drinking from the same trough, you don't tell me you don't have all the same issues. Uh, your Honor, I turn it back over to the hand. Oh, you, sir. Okay, now, Brother Patrick, anything you have to say on any of this, Brother Patrick? Because I know you got to go on a little bit, so I want to get as much out of you as I can, Brother. Anything, anything, anything? Uh, no more, just just listening. Okay, Sister Eliana, any comments? Yes, I wanted to say that um, absolutely I agree that, the you know, all of the religious leaders are drinking from the same cup, um, and so they are teaching a pre- primarily, primarily, I'm sorry, a similar, you know, stylized doctrine to the people. Now, in some of your Caucasian churches, they teach a, di- a little slightly different because, remember, they're not, they, they weren't restricted to that three rules, uh, three topic rule. So they could teach, a, they could have a little bit more broad based uh, to teach other other things. But, Yes, I agree that there's there's it's coming from the Catholic Church. It has a root in Catholicism, but the root was to keep everyone under a certain type of theological understanding. And then the branch off, there was uh, the the Protestant Church branch off and the Baptists and the Anabaptists and all of those the ref, the reform and all of that that came afterwards even up to the present day still are are tapped into the root. They ha- they have a tap root into Catholicism and they're still uh, teaching and getting life from that source. So I, I agree with what um what Brother Lashu was saying on that. Well I want to comment real quick, uh, and Brother Lashu you can keep going with that. And uh Sister Eliana, anything on your heart as well. I'm just gonna let y'all kinda finish this out. We're gonna go probably another ten, fifteen minutes, then we're gonna try to close the show a little earlier tonight. But listen folks, again, we're talking about end time prophecy, end time events. Certain things are supposed to happen in the latter days. Uh like Brother Patrick was saying earlier, you know, again, if you are in Christ or you're a believer, you're seeking the most high, your heart is you mean you're really born again. And uh if that's the case you should rejoice. There's a lot of good things coming your way. Uh, I mean, good things. And there will become persecution. But if you're persecuted for Christ's sake, that is something you want to put under good. Because the Bible said, blessed. Blessed are they when they uh, say all man against uh, evil against you and you persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed when you when you suffer for Christ's uh, sake. It says if you suffer with Him, you reign with Him. And uh, folks, listen. <laughs> you need to be thankful that you have the mindset to even be on this show. I mean, not just my own, this show. There's a lot of other people out saying similar things we're saying. Be thankful to the Father that you have the mind and the spirit to discipline yourself to listen to these kinds of things. We do. I know I do. We listen to other people talk about this because we want to know what's happening. We want to be on the right side. We want to be supporting the right cause. And that's why we're doing this show, putting truth out there, letting everybody know that he is still a great Elohim, a great God. He still loves us. We want to share things, and I hope you can hear it. 
I hope we're doing a good job tonight sharing with you hope. Brother Patrick really made a good point earlier with this. We want to put out hope for people. This is not a time to be worried and fearful. Yes, there is mass genocide happening as we speak. I'm sorry. They're trying to kill us. They're really getting this population down. It is serious, serious, serious. This is another reason we have trouble with the church, the modern-day church. They ain't saying none of this. And they are sitting up killing us. When those people say one out of four people get cancer, how do they know? Who told them that? Who who came up with that number? How did they come up with that number? If they came up with that number, they should know how to stop it. Question these kinds of things. And you don't talk about these churches because we're so busy, bless, 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 trying to get a bunch of material stuff. Folks, we live in a <laughs> but but anyway, let's stay on hope. All I'm all I want to submit tonight is, no matter what you hear, no matter who says what, know that there is a lot of hope. There is blessings coming your way. Many of you will live long, good long, long old lives. Many of you will live elder as elders, deep into your eighties and possibly ninety. Some of you, many of you, won't live that long. But however way you live is the quality of your life. Everybody's not going to be a martyr. Everybody's not just going to be oppressed, 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 oppressed. The, 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 I, 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 th- I think of the scripture that says trouble on every side. Yet, anybody help, help, help me out with where this is found? I'm kind of doing two or three things here. But it talks about, the scripture talks about being trouble on every side. This is you. This is us if we obey, if we live right. Now, those that don't live right, they're going to have it even worse. There's going to be trouble for everybody. But Scripture says you can be trouble on every every side. And the Scripture says, yet not in distress. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. Go figure that one. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And that talk that's talked about in Nehemiah eight and ten and Psalms twenty eight and seven. Talking about the Lord being our strength. We have a lot to rejoice. There's angels in the room you're in right now. Right now. There's angels. The Bible said they are sent to those that be heirs of salvation. Are you a heir of salvation is the question. If you are, there are angels on assignment for you. Sad thing is people don't believe they don't know it and they don't even know what kind of help is available to them. There's all kind of angels around us doing things more to blow our mind if the Father told us what the angels did today for us. There are angels on assignment for those that be heirs of salvation. Especially if you're doing what we're doing tonight, trying to follow his plan, his his map, help his people. Else who are the angels gonna be helping they ain't helping us? Ain't hey, for real for real. Who who are the angels gonna be on earth helping? We are the Jesus Christ's of our time, meaning the prophets, believers. We are the apostle Pauls of our time, the Peters of our time. Who else the angels gonna be there helping us? Helping. Folks that's got backbone out there fighting and standing up, who else the angels going to be for helping? But I think he, these, those that's in Christ that are not even this carnal, I think they have angels as well. 
Because here and there, they present truth that set people free as well. And the angels are assigned, they're going to be following kingdom business. And that's what we're about tonight on this Five Smooth Stone Network. Brother Elishua, you heard him attack a lot of the lies. I, I don't think he was attacking the authentic bloodline church. At least where they're telling the truth. Now, authentic bloodline church do lie. Authentic bloodline church do walk in sin. Or some of them wallow in sin. Some of us wallow in sin. Some of us are spitting out truth or teaching truth. Setting, getting, making people free. The Bible said makes you free. So the angels are here helping us. Then there's something else, Sister Eliana, Brother Patrick, Brother Elishua. And that is something called the Holy Spirit. This is... The Earth's top gun. This is absolute power. This this thing here is nothing to play with. It can move on you and and, and deliver one of those gifts. It may be a, a word of knowledge, and you can know key secret things going on behind the scenes that they know in the Pentagon. You sitting there in your living room just praying in tongues and. Boom, this happened. Or you just may be praying in English. The Holy Spirit moves as he will. That's why we're supposed to be living clean lives and minutes to the Father, so he can use us more. It's another reason to live right. Live a chaste life. But the Holy Spirit is top gun. There is nothing on the earth that even needs to be in the same conversation when you're talking about the Holy Spirit and these gifts and how it comforts us in the middle of storms and give that crazy grin that's known all around the world. People don't understand how you have this peace in the middle of a storm. That's our top gun. Then we have each other. When we, we can't hear the Holy Spirit, we can't even be obedient enough to get the angels to move because they're only going to move at certain times. When we, we, you know, There are believers who have also angels and the Holy Spirit operating in their life. And sometimes when we can't hear, they can hear. This is why I promote fellowshipping, real fellowshipping. With as many believers of like faith that you can. Because an island unto yourself, we are no match for the enemy. This is what I want to say about the church. So, yes, it is needing an, uh, uh, like Brother Elshua, he didn't use these words, I'm using these words. It needs a facelift. It's going to get a facelift. The Father's ordering something completely different for what's happening with his people on the earth, his assembly. But I still don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. There is power, absolute power in a lot of these churches. They just got error in there also. They got the enemy biz in there. Isn't that what the whole world is about? There's a war. Is it just not outside the church? No, it's inside the church too. So I'm not going to throw away the whole church because the devil is in there preaching sometime. That's what he did to me in Cincinnati. He had me outside the church, Sister Eliana, Brother Elishua, and Brother Patrick, to where I I didn't get a chance to get a, get the blessings from the people. The passage is one element in the body. Look at how knucklehead he is. And like Brother Patrick said so brilliantly, most of these pastors don't, don't have no big old mega church. They ain't on TV. Out here struggling with their members. 
We don't talk about them ever. We gotta change that. But all I'm saying is this these are this is a powerful institution all around us. And we need each other. We need that fellowship with other other brothers speaking to our lives. Because sometimes, 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 we can't hear. And when we're out unto ourselves and think we know it all, we get deceived. We ain't no match for the devil. I know I'm not. Sometimes I think I'm so, 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 so right. And I found out later, sometimes years later, unfortunately, that I was so, so, so wrong. I remember a brother came to me about us being Israelites, and I, 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 boy, I thought he was from the devil. Around all those white people, and I was, I was even fighting white supremacy. But I didn't realize I was any deeper than I thought. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is weird. Something happened. It's destruction. So, yes, we are as believers, as the real church, we are powerful wherever we are. And unfortunately, some of us is in some of these dead churches, ignorant, meaning not unlearned pastors. Brother Patrick, I know you got to run if you haven't already left. Last comments, please, and then we'll come to you, Brother Ella, uh, Brother Ella Shua, and then Sister Eliana, the two Ellies. I gotta remember that. Elishua Eliana. <laughs> Go ahead, Brother Patrick. Anything? Okay, it looks like Brother well, uh, well, Go ahead, Brother. I thought you yeah, had uh, Go ahead quickly. Uh I really enjoyed the show and um the insight that Brother Elishua and sister sister gave as well as you. Um we just need to uh just let our people know that um uh that in the end of the prophecies, we win, we win, and and yet at the same time, make it make it aware to them about what we should be a, a watch out for, you know. And that's all. Amen, thank brother. You. That's powerful, powerful, powerful. Well, brother, thank you for stopping by and and, and just kind of helping us out. We really appreciate that, brother. And everybody, just remember him in the in uh, brother Patrick. Just remember brother Patrick, aka brother Malachi. He's on Facebook. Hit him up. He's one of my friends and brothers out there in the street in the trenches. In the trenches. Please remember this brother in your prayer. He is a serious player in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Y'all gonna hear more about him in the future. Sister, I mean, excuse me, brother. Here comes another one. He's Ellie. Ellie Shua. Please. Any last words? Well, uh, yes. Uh, no last words. That um, other than though, um, you know, when we discuss this issue, um, I've come to this conclusion: is that we're talking about something that's really complicated. When we talk about distinguishing Christianity from the church. It is no simple feat. The best way it can be described is in Matthew 13 when the Messiah was speaking to the disciples and instructing them on how the word is to be received and the different nuances uh, involving that and, and which and how it impacts the effect of whether the word is going to bring about a harvest. And he, t- and he gave an example of um, the wheat and the tares. Well, that, was, that, that, that is one of the most prophetic parables in all the scriptures. And the, Holy, and, the, and, and the Messiah is speaking to us through the voice of the Holy Spirit and telling us what's going on. When we see that the wheat and the tare were identical until the time of harvest. And I always tell people, put the emphasis on the time of harvest. 
because that's only into that time would the tares become manifest. And so what you see is you see these two weeds growing in the same field. And that's exactly what's happening and what's taking place, and that is our reality. And the scripture goes on to say that the Messiah said that he will send forth his angels, and that word angels come from the word messengers, and he said that he will separate and remove all things out of where, not out of the world, out of the kingdom that offend and that are contemptible. Of all words, he uses the word contemptible. I'll leave him saying this, that Seth, Brother Seth, uh, uh, five smooth song audience. I hope that sometime in the near future I get the opportunity for us to really break down a show, the total show given to the issue of Babylon. And if so being, pre-adventure, the Holy Spirit will be able to reveal to you what exactly it is. Because if you notice, I talked about theology and doctrine. I never talked about people's actions. I never addressed people's character. I talked about theology. I talked about the word. I talked about scriptures. I talked about the doctrine. And these are the issues that we have to address. If the main thing is this, and last word says, is that when they ask what would take place before the rapture would take place, the Apostle Paul responds to them. He said, that, word, that day shall not come until there be a great falling away. Many given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. The apostasy of the church is prophesied through scripture through the apostle Paul and the Messiah. And when we talk about Babylon, we will see how it all plays out. We will give you that picture, that visualization, Seth, that you want to see. God bless you, everyone. Yahweh will bless you. I appreciate each and every one of you understanding my voice. I pray that the Holy Spirit be with you today. Until we meet again at this appointed time. Thank you, Seth, again. Shalom. And again, uh, thank you, uh, Sister Aliana. I'll praise you. Thank you so much for your service. But all love to you, sis. All right, brother. Appreciate everything. Appreciate everything you, your brothers did tonight. And Sister Eliana, um, I would like to hear your last words on the, on the same. And by the way, Brother Elishua, we are going to. Definitely talk about Babylon. We could have talked about it tonight. Again, it's open forum. We may do another open forum next week and just let you brothers just talk about whatever's on your heart. I kind of lean towards that. We'll see. Also, Brother Patrick, the brother that was just on, have a serious, serious request to talk about. If you're following the Holy Spirit, if you're following the Holy Spirit, uh, does this mean you're not going to be keeping the law? He has issues because a lot of people thinks a lot of people that are saying the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to follow the Holy Spirit, that means they're not keeping the law. And he has concerns about that. That will fall on the law versus grace. And we got to do that show because it's too many people, too many people asking questions on that. And it's one of the old arguments of the world. And we got to do a show on the law versus grace, especially with all these baby Israelites coming along, thinking that we're totally under the law. There is no grace and then you got some people that's just the opposite. So, Sister Eliana, last comments, please. Again, thank you for coming. I know you had a lot to do tonight, but thank you for coming uh, for the time you did, Sister. Yes, and I just want to thank you also for making uh, the platform available to me. And I do appreciate you, Seth. I appreciate uh, all of the brothers that are on with you, uh, all part of Five Smooth Stones, Brother Yeshua, Brother Patrick, Brother John, um, 
I really I really do appreciate being a part of this forum and being able to just share and hopefully be a blessing to those that are listening uh, live and via archive. So I really do appreciate it. And final words, I would say that, you know, the topics that we're bringing up, like uh, Brother Elishua said, were, are very complex, and um, they are, you know, I always liken it to an onion. There's many layers. There's a lot going on. Mm. And we want to get the understanding, and that's that's the most important thing is that we get the understanding because the scripture says wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. But with all of our getting, we need, we need to get an understanding. And I think that is what we're trying to give to the to the listeners and also to ourselves is a better understanding of where we are in these end times, where we are, you know, because we've been taught that the end times look one way, but now that we have been awakened as Hebrews and we understand that we're coming to the end of our captivity in our diaspora, we are seeing that there's something that has not been taught to us, and we need an understanding, and I think that's where we're trying to get. Um, not throwing, like you said, Seth, the baby out with the bathwater, understanding our roots in the church, uh, how we've been taught, but also getting an understanding of who we are as a Hebrew people and what that looks like in in in, uh, in light of Scripture and in light of biblical prophecy uh, and how we fit into the, 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 the whole scheme of things. So I would just say to the listeners and to all of us, we continue to search the Scriptures, we continue to pray, we continue to do our, our homework, our research, so that we arrive at a good understanding of all of the matters that concern us and therefore showing ourselves to be servants of the most high through diligent study, uh, making, you know, making ourselves useful in his kingdom. So thank you again for tonight and shalom to everyone listening. Well, shalom to you, my sister. Again, I do appreciate you every single time you come on, and uh, you're a blessing. You wasn't on for just a little bit, but uh, even the things you said tonight was powerful as well. So thank you again for your contribution, Sister Eliana. Well, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Again, thank everybody for tuning in. Those of you in the archive tuning in later after the day, thank you for tuning in to Fire Smooth Stone. Remember, 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 y'all want to hear any other shows. Uh, this is like, I don't know, we would not name it part one, two, three, but we've been talking about end time now for about six shows or seven shows. So go back, uh, Google Five Smooth Stones Blog Talk Radio, and you should be able to listen to those previous shows, as well as the five topics I mentioned earlier that we call Five Smooth Stones that would, that resulted from me asking the most high five questions. Folks, I really thank you for your time. Don't forget to follow the show. Follow, excuse me, follow Five Smooth Stone Network by clicking on the follow button right there on that page you're looking at right now with the show's description. Go ahead and click that follow button. Go ahead and do it and follow us, and you get a reminder sent to you every single time we on. Because sometimes I don't always put out a whole lot of promos, so. Uh, that way you won't miss anything. Well, anyway, I love every single one of y'all, every single one of y'all, all ethnic group. Nobody on this earth has persuaded me to hate them. Nobody has enough power over me, have done anything to me in and of yourself to cause me to hate you. Love every single one of y'all, and, and there is nothing you can do about that. This last song is going to be by... Yolanda Adams. You got to hear this one. Good night.